Wait. Uh, says yeah. it was a Legend of Total War video. Oh yeah. Uh what the hell was it? Ah, here it is. Okay. So I'm pretty sure he plays always on like uh legendary. Oh shit, really? Pretty sure. Uh so okay. What he has got here, I'll go ahead and post it in here. What he's got is 13 Brood Horrors, which is the new monster unit. Oh, okay. Those are the and, dragon thing, right? Huh? Aren't those, like, dragon-like or something? No, they're rat guys. Oh, yeah, Legend of Total War. Yeah, <laughs> they're big, uh, imagine, like, big mole rats. Um, he's got 13... Um, Jesus. Brood horrors, and then six pack masters and uh throt. And he uses an ability that you can give them in the flesh laboratory mm -hmm. to blow up. Wow. That's really good. Yep. Jeez. All right. Flashbacks of Du Bois. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And then there was the Okoy video with 20 pack masters where you summon in all those fucking rat uh, wolf rats. It's <laughs> <Just laughs> hilarious. All right. Well, I haven't actually been playing it very much, but the one time that I did play, it was super fun. I need to get back to it. Yeah, right. I've not played since I finished my, my um, Dreadfleet campaign. Yeah. Yeah, I need to play it again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, now the Wood Elves are really cool. Like, they're really yeah. good now. Yeah. I heard their AI is a bit broken, though. Uh, I know that um, they... They'll they'll declare war on literally fucking everyone. <laughs> really? Well, I mean... That's great. The thing is, with the Wood Elves, they have to declare war on everybody who is surrounding their forest. Mm, so that, that way yeah. they can get the settlements around their forest so mm. they can heal the forest. So that's why they're doing it. It's just really stupid. <laughs> just, and they're yeah, really hyper-aggressive Yeah, they're going against literally everyone. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. If this, was any, if this was me in a difficulty that's above normal, then I'd probably be dead. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, cheats, so it's fine. Yeah, I know. Yeah, cheats. <laughs> yeah, it was um, uh, new wood elves in a nutshell, and mm -hmm. it was like uh, the thing from Monty Python and the Holy Grail with the guy on the um, the wall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I shall spit at you a second oh, time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and it's just like a, the little face of the new champion, mm -hmm. but like behind like a bunch of foliage with just a tiny little sliver showing oh, and it's like yeah. bouncing back and forth yeah <laughs> and then the bretonians are just standing around outside like the fuck <laughs> it's great i've seen that <laughs> all right well welcome back to table talk discussion and discourse i as mm -hmm. always am your uh bamboozling host reindeer uh great on the worst mm -hmm. reindeer Oh, I, as every year, am your sneaky Santa. Mm. And I'm the ghost of Christmas ass. So there's no need to, no need to change my profile picture still. <laughs> You'll find That's a way literally every thing. Yep. <laughs> um, every holiday, no change. 
You better pray I don't find a copy of your Prince Boo profile photo. Oh, you want one? Because oh, <laughs> yeah, no, oh, I mean you can yeah, have one. Yeah, 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 yeah because, okay. yeah, because you know. I'm I'm gonna put an elf hat on it and ah. give it to you, Leho, and then okay. we can just change it. And like, if Boo doesn't like it, fuck him. There you go, take it. <laughs> there you go. Fuck <laughs> here, big bastard. <laughs> um, all right, all right. Well, that handsome motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, we're in uh, this holiday time. You know, this one. The worst holiday. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so uh, we're going to be talking about today um, some uh, little things about 5e versus AD&D. Um, mm. The first one today we're going to be covering is brought to us by uh, Roll Runner. Never heard of them before. Um, smaller channel, that's why. But um, it's an interesting thing because I watched a few minutes of this just to see if it was anything. And um, and they say, uh, hey, I've played a lot of 5e and I'm going to compare it to 2e because I played a little bit of 2e. And I was like, okay, interesting. Could be a, a nice little fresh take. See how, see how this person uh, goes for it. And plus it can open up you know as always some discussion about the two uh systems so let us uh let us begin hey uh this and i'm gonna have to mess with the host thing in a second as well while this is going but are you guys ready yeah i suppose i could be convinced well i can't convince you but i can't start the video Hello everybody and welcome back. I'm Raw Runner and today I'm going to be talking to you about Dungeons oh, and Dragons 5th yeah. edition yeah. versus Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. So, I forgot that it was generic YouTuber music, I'll be honest. Yeah, uh -huh. um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Not, I mean, it's fine. Not, it's yeah, fine, no, it's just God, I've heard this like a thousand yeah, times. <laughs> Video could still be real good. Video yes. could still be real good. Absolutely, but... absolutely. It's not. It's not um, completely uh, tied to the quality. I hear a xylophone. I hear a xylophone, and I die. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Now, slight disclaimer here: my hair is pissing me off today, so apologies if it's going all over the place. And also, I am much more familiar with Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition or D and D Five E than I am with Advanced Dungeons and Dragons or A D and D. So I am <laughs> sure. Are. I just saw a piece of this music is a fusion of jazz and funk. I call it junk. Junk. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Very much appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Very good. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's really good. Video. However, if you're a new person to oh, Dungeons and Dragons, just like I am, you may find this video useful to compare those both versions. Even though I'm not going to tell you loads about the mechanics because I don't know them myself, I will be able to tell you first-time experiences of both versions. So let's start off with AD&D. My first experience of AD&D was just a couple of days ago with my dad DMing. Now I played an old adventure from the White Dwarf magazine that came out in the UK called The Lichway. Now it's very simple, my dad just wanted to run a very simple one-shot to get into the swing of things again and he did. It's a very simple one-shot, one-session adventure which is a, to, in his words, compact dungeon. Now for me, it wasn't compact as a fifth edition player, uh, but I'll go into that a little bit later. The main thing that I didn't like about Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, or at least this adventure, was there was very little role playing involved. 
there was mm. no plot hook pretty much at all. My dad said there were five lines in this three-page adventure dedicated to the background or uh, why this tomb is there. And there was very little reason for adventurers to go there. Now, I was a half-orc fighter called Magagash. I was making it very simple for my dad and fellow role players just to uh, weave that storyline into the story. Because my backstory, very simply, was that a a uh, group of goblins had killed my sibling and I was out for revenge. Quite simple, I had a feeling goblins would be in the adventure so I knew my dad could weave it in. He told me that the goblins had been spotted near the area and that I had gone to Saltmarsh to see if anyone knew anything about it, Saltmarsh being the nearby town to this uh, dungeon. So we got to Saltmarsh, we got in a tavern of course, and we uh, went up to the bar keep called Barnuman because my dad couldn't think of any names. Who doesn't have a named innkeeper in their adventure? Like, it's the innkeeper. It's the first person you see. Why don't you not have a name? Not necessarily. Anyway, yeah, not necessarily. Yeah. So, and I, I assume they're going to go into it in a, in a bit here, but um, just because the adventure itself doesn't have this, like, I would think that your father would have at least prepared some, like, or at least improv some anecdotal stuff. I mean, yeah. it's not entirely the fault of the adventure, I would say, um, yeah. or the system, <laughs> you know? Not to mention that um, complaining about the lack of story in a one-shot dungeon crawl doesn't really yeah. feel very valid to well, me because so, the whole point is that you're going into a dungeon beating up some guys and leaving yeah that's kind of it that that is true yeah. um if it was written to literally just be that then it makes sense there would be not really much in the sense of story yeah. um and i mean it's a three-page adventure so yeah exactly uh, and like to be fair as well again if you really want that and if the the dad had known that that was something that you had wanted yeah. maybe hmm. he could have worked with it um yeah it's it, it's not indicative of the system as a whole exactly yeah, no not at all it's... and um it also like the way she put it they were running this adventure an easy adventure for him to get back into the swing of things yes. so maybe he just wasn't used to writing again yes exactly so, right uh, yeah so like it's one it's again one of those things yeah. I, it doesn't seem to be completely indicative of Mm -hmm. And uh, we asked if there was anything in town, anything interesting to do, basically. Uh, anything for money. I was going, well, Magagash doesn't really want adventure, Magagash wants money. And my fellow players were completely new to Dungeons & Dragons and they didn't have a particular desire for adventure, they just didn't know what the characters wanted to do. So I, being very slightly more experienced, suggested let's have it for money let's ask for money so the innkeeper told us to go to this mysterious bloke in the corner okay trope but we're kind of skipping past those little facts and okay. he said well i'm an academic and i'm really interested in the sandlanders this historical group and uh they have a historical site out there and i haven't been able to go there recently could you go and do it for me and i was like okay fair question but what's in it for us uh, why why should we help you basically and my dad was like st stammering all over the place because he didn't have uh, an answer it was just well this guy's interested and wants someone to go look 
And I was like, well, can you pay me something? Or is it dangerous? And the guy didn't even know if it was dangerous. He just didn't have a chance to go. So I was going, hmm, why do I really want to go? But obviously I knew this was part of the game, so I just played along and just thought, okay, let's go. Now, apparently this uh, lack of role playing was very typical of AD&D and D&D first edition. Because no. most of the time the So it's not very to like like I, no. I i can't speak for the written adventures i don't know them you know i don't know um i haven't read many of them in fact any yeah. of them um i just know that playing the system also still can be exactly the same narratively um, yeah depending on if it's just written by like because i was I, I was doing a, a 2e campaign uh or an AD&D campaign it was AD&D second edition not original mm. AD&D but um uh in that we had uh basically started as just random blokes and then after that uh you know then you uh we, we rose had up the to cause... the uh yeah you the rose call... up to the rank of uh big knobs yes big knobs exactly um and um so we had the call to adventure happen which was like um i think it was a like big kind of uh flesh golem but not made of flesh made of just meats and stuff and bones oh, <laughs> um, oh, oh. like i was a... expecting a flesh golem made out of like steak and ham hocks right and no shit. <laughs> it, there was it was like a butcher shop that had just like okay. all the meat had and bones in it had just like <laughs> fucking animated and it was nice. yeah and we had fought that and then after that we found like vampires and mm -hmm. like started well we didn't know they were vampires yet but we noticed like weirdos and then uh -huh. they found <laughs> out, you know, vampires. Uh oh. Um, and it's really interesting, like the vampire vampirism that it was in that setting, because I think it was tied to actual AD and D's, like vampires, which was mm -hmm. different than you know, what yeah. people think. Um, yeah. yeah, it's like emotion vampires. Very strange. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I, and so I don't know. Then I liked let, it. let me ask you this. Yeah, you guys played Ravenloft, right? Yeah. When was Ravenloft lit written? Oh, that yeah, that was originally AD and D, I, I believe. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, yeah. that's a, a very heavily that's that's one's big on story. Yeah, that one's literally considered one of the best ones because of yeah, the story. it's one of the greatest D and D adventures ever. It has the the cool. It's got Barovia, which is mm -hmm. in a really cool situation. The Love gypsies that, that can wander through the fog. Mm -hmm. In in fairness, I believe that. That was added in later editions. I'll was have it? to double check, but I believe it first became a th that first became a thing in three point five. Oh no, maybe yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just know that uh, Ravenloft, being one of the best modules ever made, started out in AD and D. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. quality of writing. I don't know. Um, about yeah. most of those modules from that edition. So I, I can I can honestly assume that some of it is correct in the sense of, um. Uh, AD and D seemed to be very much more a rule set than a uh story kind of thing. storytelling device. Yeah, like you could yeah. use the rules to create that story, but it felt more like the rules themselves were more of the forefront. I see. Um, so and like I, there's nothing wrong with that because again, you can just create the story out of whatever. Um, mm -hmm. so I, I, but again, uh, like we said before, I don't think that just because the rule set doesn't focus on the story as much doesn't mean that the system can't be story driven 
Mm-hmm. Game was just for, hey, I want to go and raid a dungeon. I want to see how I can strategically get through all the rooms and not die. Which is fair enough. It's a complete... Honestly, actually, that... That does it, that is fair though. Older D and D was very much strategy, tactic, dungeon mm-hmm. crawl. Yeah, um, no, that's yeah. That, because it came out of war games. It came out of war games. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Absolutely. <laughs> so, <laughs> I want, <laughs> it all goes full circle. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> now we're we're you and me. We're yeah. regressing. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Uh, according to one D four Chan, okay, which oh, granted is not an official source, but no, they got. Good stuff. Um, it special. does mention in second and third edition, Vistani were far too powerful to be used as a PC race, so half Vistani were introduced instead. Really? Which would imply to me that they probably did not exist before a second. Uh, could be wrong, still digging, but okay. that's just yeah. interesting note. Yeah, um, when people refer to AD&D, though, people... Like, I know AD&D second edition is the um restructuring of AD&D like everything was uh, put together in more comprehensive rule books um yeah. because the player's uh, handbook was like a bunch of, like taken from everywhere to put and make into a player's handbook really mm-hmm. um because AD&D was like apparently all over the place so wait a minute it, wow. sorry this is completely uh this is completely off topic is okay. Cyberpunk coming out tomorrow yeah uh no, no. it comes out December 10th pre-download started yesterday Ah, got it. Gotcha. Because I was just looking at Steam to see what, if what's on my uh, wish list is on sale. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. okay. that I noticed that that was like, oh, it's coming out December 9th. I forgot that it was but coming no. out on the 10th. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I didn't know it was coming out on the 10th. I thought yeah. it was still coming out in 2021. Apparently, it is still a fucking buggy mess. Ooh. Shocker. Uh-oh. Uh, that's no. why like, I'm... Game-breaking game bug. Oh, buggy no, mess. really? Why are they still... Uh-huh. Why are they They're... releasing it then? Because deadlines. Because because you can uh, only you can only yeah. delay a game eight times, guys. Yeah, right. Like <laughs> so fucking uh, whatever. Duke Nukem <laughs> Forever didn't come out in twenty fucking what? Oh god, like fifteen? I don't remember. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember. It's been a while. And then yeah. it was announced in nineteen ninety eight or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's been around. It was like in development for like twenty years. So like, yeah, no, no, I know. <laughs> It was in development hell for like the longest of any game they, ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they they went through multiple generations yeah. of consoles. And yeah. oh, oh man, <laughs> and had such a cluster putting it each time. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> anyway, anyway, <laughs> a different game though to what I was used to. When we were in the dungeon, we got led there by a pack of goblins. So of course, Magagash was like, oh, "Gotta go and kill them." <laughs> and uh, we got in there, and it was this huge uh, space. Uh, and there wasn't very much out there. We could see it was uh, a wharf with a, on a river, and uh, there was no danger in sight. Um, but because Magigash was kind of going for the goblins, she just ran straight through. Uh, didn't really look at too much, although I was trying to be, I hope, a good role player in looking at other things for my other players who didn't have any idea what they were doing because it was their first game. We skipped out, apparently, a lot of rooms. So we found the dungeon call quite boring. We saw a few interesting statues, we saw some tombs, uh, we saw... We did defeat a clan of goblins, which was excellent for Magagash, but then there was no reason for Magagash to stay there. 
So there was little uh, money, little incentive to keep going yeah, in the dungeon. Like... The, my other two role players apparently had objectives, but they had no idea what to do, and they found it boring because there were so many passageways off so many different rooms, which I thought personally was completely pointless. For example, in the dungeon, there really? was a group of other. Okay. Did you know that okay. a maze-like dungeon is like with dead ends and stuff is pointless? <laughs> yeah, and okay, so you literally just got done saying that your other role players had objectives mm. and that you skipped out on the rooms that most likely held their objectives. It could, yeah. yeah. It's like that to at least, I mean, if it's a one shot, yeah, then you're probably going to try to work that in. That is true. But again, I, I don't know how much like, prep her dad did. Yeah, the, but like, I don't know. Plus, I guess if I'm, plus, if I'm in a like a maze like dungeon this mm -hmm. that's literally where i'm like do i have any like i'm hoping that w at least one person in the party has a piece of parchment like let right. me get a fucking Chart piece of maze. parchment we're gonna literally gonna map this shit out sure. chalk and rope absolutely yeah man that and like you say I'm... oh i killed a clan of goblins i'm good i can go and it's like well you also owe it to your like party mates to you know help them complete their yeah, shit absolutely yeah yeah if and someone like... if someone is i are in the canon of the game risking their life to go into that dungeon and they're helping you with your goals you should risk your life and help them with theirs yes mm. not um, to mention like you're not gonna be able to afford dinner at the inn with like goblin corpses yeah yeah uh so Roland San Friend said, hi guys, uh, uh oh, I've seen this video before, I see you're interrupting and disagreeing a lot, yeah. Uh, basically, mm. her dad's kind of game isn't her kind of game, and it isn't necessarily the system. Yes. Yeah, um, we, yeah. we well, so, that. So, like, and I don't know if it's just because it's her dad's kind of game. I think, again, this is literally, he's going completely raw. Just, like, mm -hmm. no deviation from the book at all. Like, and I don't know if that's necessarily his type of game. He was just using this as to get back into the swing of things. And I can understand if you just don't want to, like, worry about the improv too much, I guess, at that point um, and stuff. But, again, there is something to be said about that. Um, mm. there, there, there's also very much something to be said. And uh, I'll, I'll mention it because it might have been before you got here. But, um... Uh, one of her big complaints seemed to be the um, uh, the lack of role play, and it's mm. very much more sort of like combat slash numbers crunchy. Yep. And I mm. said, well, that's not necessarily indicative of the system as a whole, though, because a DM can absolutely work in as much role play as they need. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And like the players themselves can role play with each other. Like, yes, and I know yeah. inexperience does kind of temper or temper that a bit yeah um, this was their very first game exactly so. so i can understand that that would kind of make it so that it doesn't work as well for you <laughs> you know for her uh right because like otherwise there would be a lot of role play i would assume because uh well i won't assume that because i don't know but what i will say is the um whenever i've tried to do a one-shot whenever any of us have tried to do a one-shot it's yep. never a one-shot because of the role play <laughs> yeah right that, yeah. that's literally it because like yeah i 
every time. They just they they will yep. they will just role play together, and it's fun, and I love, and I don't ever want that to not be a thing because yeah. like I don't want to put a a a, a wedge. You between don't want to start for our creativity, Mister DM. Yes, yeah. I don't want that either. <laughs> <laughs> um, but every time I'm just like, no, just go, just go, just go, just go, and then we get That's to like, like we want to role play. Yeah, yeah, just no, no, no. I'm like, yeah, just role play, just go, just do that, and like we get like maybe five percent into the adventure yeah. <laughs> and i'm like no this was great i fucking loved it i don't give a shit if we didn't get to the thing i know you guys want to get to the thing and i want to get to the thing but fucking you guys were talking and shit and i love that yeah right <laughs> right um so yeah I, I, yeah hopefully i mean does she acknowledge it maybe <laughs> i hope uh, travelers who went to rescue uh, one of their friends, I think, or something like that. My dad explained it to me afterwards and I can't remember. Sorry, dad. Um, and they were, if we'd gone into that room, we were meant to see them. I oh, think there you go. a friend or something yep. like that. But we didn't go in their room. So we completely missed that cool role-playing opportunity. And I so, think that was probably poor. So I wonder, I wonder then. Wait, 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 oh. wait. No, hold on, hold on. Let her, let her scroll back five seconds and let her finish um, okay. the sentence. Okay, okay, sorry. So we completely missed that cool role-playing opportunity. And I think that was probably poor dungeon design, but it also seemed like it was part of the norm of the game that you go and explore every room in the dungeon. Because I was... when my dad said this dungeon oh, was- on, pause. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was hoping she was going to say dungeon mastering, not- Yeah, design. not design, because like, and so, and the design of like, you go this... in and exploring every th every room. No, that's not necessarily the design. That is up to your players, right? Yeah. Like, I could, like, me in games in general. I like exploring literally everything. When the fog of war is a thing, I want that fog of war yeah, gone. Fuck it. Yeah. Fuck the I fog need, of war. I need it gone because <laughs> I, I what... need to know that I've seen everything, and gotten everything. That is why I absolutely hate Gladius because you can't ever get rid of that shit. It's not like in Civ where you can get that's the satellites. Right. I remember. I remember. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we get back to that sometime. We should. Yeah, at some point. Um, but yeah. legitimately, like that's just me as a player right mm -hmm. and i'm not gonna look to my dungeon master and go oh right you wanted us to explore every room because i don't fucking think that yeah no i just want to <laughs> do or, it and i don't look at the book and go oh yeah they they like they have all these things in here because you can explore every room yeah right like there's no reason for you to go oh no the book says that everything's in here so they want us to go do everything that yeah. that that's a you can have that be a correlation, but that's not why that's there. <laughs> and yeah, like you said, if she had said it was bad DMing, because I I bet she just doesn't want to diss her dad. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I would say no. Either you steer them in that direction so that they can complete what their character is literally meant to be here for, <laughs> mm. or you throw it in front of them anyway if you really yeah. have to right yeah. like that's you, the easiest way to do it yeah it's the it's the simplest the most brain dead way to do it is just go oh they didn't go here i'm just gonna take that room and put it here right yeah, exactly and like again easy as shit but if you yeah. don't do that and or or if you like don't have the inkling to even go so you think that you hear like some 
muffled noises coming from behind this door as you run mm-hmm. past, right? And, like, get them interested in it, at least, maybe? Yeah. Like, get the effort in there, you know? And, mm-hmm. again, I this is only her side of this, so I don't know. Yeah. But I would be endlessly intrigued to hear what the other players thought. Yes, that would be great. I would love mm, to know what the newer players this thought. Is, this is my only experience with D&D. Yeah. Yeah. And I would like to have a conversation with them so that I could invite them to my game. Right, yeah. Do you want to <laughs> so you can kill them there? Do you want to <laughs> actually play some D&D? Uh... Hey, hey, do you want to do you want do you want to have fun? <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to understand your character's motivations and goals and actually build a road for you to achieve those? I'll yeah, I'll, right. help, I'll help you build a backstory. Oh <laughs> yeah. Let's go. As long as you're not an orphan who lost their parents and you're out for revenge. <laughs> No joke, though. I have a friend. <laughs> I have a friend in my campaign who is that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I remember. I <laughs> got over twice. It's the most well-developed character. Yay! <laughs> nice. Uh... Look, parents died. Adopted parents died. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a really good character. Hey, man. You always gotta have hey, the shining works, example. Works. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Dude, that's why I was like, you know, typically I would blacklist this, but like, <laughs> but, but, but you put some thought and effort. But for you, I'll make an exception. But yeah. at the same time, this is six pages of backstory. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! You're telling Jeez, me that their, their parents dying was like an informed thing that actually caused other things to happen later in life? Yeah, oh my god! What? <laughs> no way! That's crazy. I'll be right back. I'm gonna get some water real quick. Okay. Yeah, go for it. I felt like some of the elements could have just been put in the same room. And for example, we could have seen those other band of travellers in the same room as we saw this eerie statue and heard this uh, whooshing wind sound that wasn't coming from the out. You could. You're right. <laughs> that yeah. that could have happened. Crazy AD- that. AD&D didn't force that. No, no, it was like crazy that the system itself, I mean, the books, I guess the book didn't say that they were there, so it's the book's fault. Mm. However, already I've been quite critical of AD&D, but a positive from this whole experience was that you can dungeon drive and not have to think about the story. If you're a player who really just wants to go in and kill some monsters, maybe do it a bit strategically, uh, explore all your options and not have to worry about what this person thinks, like, uh, it's really good because the way it's set up is it's, uh, the roles are relatively simple, I found. So, no, the way that your father set up your session of D&D is this way. Like, again, like you said, you can do this in 5e. You can literally just dungeon crawl and turn your brain off. Like that's yes. the thing. You could you could do instead of that, you could do a whole fucking gladiatorial fucking combat where you literally oh. sit in a room and then you wait for your turn and then you go out and you fight a thing. Like that's Yeah, we did that. Yeah, like I've done that before too. <laughs> it's it like in other in another session. Like I've seen other people talk about that kind of stuff, but then they spice it up and it's actually like actually a thing. Yeah. <laughs> but legitimately <laughs> How dare AD&D not DM the game correctly itself? <laughs> I know, right? It's yeah, right. the writer's Strategy. fault. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Damn you, Jeremy Crawford. Right? Yeah, like, like I. It's exactly you like. You know what? You, you know what though? <laughs> as ridiculous a concept as it is, I will still blame RPG pundit for everything wrong with Five E. <laughs> I mean, yes. That's fine. I, I know you would. that. I know Whenever, you would. Whenever I have, uh, like, a, a poor session, I just go, damn you, RPG Pundit. <laughs> you fucking consultant, you. Oh. <laughs> At least. And you don't have to keep worrying about whether you see something or not, or the DM does it for you. It was very simple. It's like I'm listening to the toy train underneath the Christmas tree that is just going around and the music is just playing on loop and I fucking hate it. I just, ooh, I hate it. I'm sorry. It's been building. It's been building. I didn't realize I, I fucking tuned it out. Good. Yeah. I'm happy for I've, both of you. I, I just, I've tuned it out. I, it's so, the mixing is so, it's so loud. It's uh -huh. like, I oh, just put it in the background more. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, can we expect more? Because, like, I'm kind of down. No, it's just, no. It's just, that's why it's called junk. I know! Dungeon crawling isn't turning your brain off. Dungeons are there for critical thinking. Modern famous dungeons suck, though, it's, though so I can see why you would say that, though. Mm. Right, yeah, exactly. That, that's, that's a very good point. I, I agree entirely. You, you so... Turning your brain off is that that saying that a lot of people will just cite for many things that are bad, right? Um, in the sense of you don't have to think about it, so just enjoy it, which is just <clears throat> not. Oh my god, you don't have to do that, please. God damn yeah, it, you no. don't have to do that. You really don't. <laughs> but I mean, uh, no. When I'm enjoying serious Sam, my brain's not off. Right. But exactly. That's really shit. Like I'm. I'm. Titanfall Two is quite literally my favorite game of all time. Mm. Uh, you best bet when I'm playing that game, I am sweating. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, fucking pay attention to the things I, that you like, what, I have, no matter why you like them. Exactly. Alejo can verify. <laughs> yes, that's true. It's <laughs> very true. Um, I've been playing, I've been playing Yakuza Like a Dragon with Brogan, um, and... You've like, been playing like a dragon? I've been playing like a dragon, dude. It's crazy. I know. Uh, I got claws and everything. It's it's yeah. fucking weird. Anyway. What, what's what's his online handle, Alejo? <laughs> it's uh, no-nat-ones. Oh. Uh, so we've been playing that together, <laughs> and like I really like Yakuza. I love Yakuza's like, stories and stuff, but I, every time we get to a plot point that it just doesn't fucking work, I'm like, we literally both go, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> like... <laughs> This writing is this this part in this writing is bad everything else is yeah, right we need to find these people oh look <laughs> yeah oh look they're right there oh my god um so so like having the having critical thought is completely important for everything you do as we have stated but um with what she's saying i understand what she's saying she's wrong but i understand what she's saying with the sense that this could be for turning your brain off just like 5e could be so again wrong but i understand what you're saying the, you know the problem with that is that oh go to a go into a dungeon and turn your brain off yeah right. let's go to the most the <laughs> most consistently dangerous mm -hmm. places in dungeons and dragons and turn our brains off right it's apparently every dungeon that you go in in ad and d to this person is like hey um, you There's go nothing into to pay attention to no, here. You Let, go into like, a room. Let's not use any strategy. Yeah. Let's not be intelligent. You go into a room 
then you go into the next room, then you fight a monster, then you go into the next room, and then you turn left, and then you go into another room, <laughs> then you it's fight not like a monster. A game. Right, exactly. It's it's oh god, you're right. Yeah. It's <laughs> right? Oh, that's that's very accurate. Um <laughs> Wait, sorry, Boo, what did you say? I said it's not like a mobile game. Uh, oh, like, yeah. yeah, right? Like, legitimately, um you you again, you can design the dungeon that way. Or you could take the way that the dungeon is and tweak it on your own. Or, like, anything is possible. But who has the time for that? Obviously not her, her dad. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> legitimately, it's, it's, so, it's so annoying. Oh, yeah. God. Anyway. Agreed. And you don't have to keep worrying about whether you do something or not, or the DM does it for you. It was very simple to what? understand. You went through Wait. a room, you see it. DM shouldn't be doing things for you unless, like, they're giving you information and, like, role-playing things out with you. Like, I, what do you mean doing yeah. things for you? Wait a minute, go, okay, uh, yeah, go back, like, yeah, ten yeah, seconds. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, let's go back here. Like, uh, it's really good because the way it's set up is it's, uh, the roles are relatively simple, I found, for combat at least. And you don't have to keep worrying about whether you see something or not, or the DM does it for you. It was very simple to understand. You went through a room, you see if there are any monsters, you collected the treasure or understood a puzzle, and you moved on. <laughs> Wait. Oh, is that oh. what she's saying? Five E is? No, I, I, no. She's saying AD and D is this. AD and D is. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. And it's like, also, what? apparently, you just see if you did the puzzle, and that's not. Tur <laughs> that's turning your brain off. That's turning your brain off. <laughs> yeah. You see a sliding thing. You see like a fucking oh, bunch oh, of blocks oh, on the wall, guys. You walk over to him. Make an intelligence check. Okay, right. you completed the puzzle. Exactly, right? Is that what <laughs> happened? Because that's the only way I can see that this works for your fucking narrative. <laughs> I sure narrative. fucking hope not. Jesus, Jesus Christ. What was, what was the name of the guy who uh, set DCs for every room? Oh, Dungeoncraft? Yeah. 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 Is, is your father Dungeoncraft? Oh, God. I sure hope not. He has talked about his kids in the past. Yeah, no, but this she's clearly got the the um, the English accent. Not Your Dungeoncraft is just straight up not english accented well he could sure. have married an english woman he could have you're right absolutely <laughs> you know what it's not without it's canon now <laughs> and canon established oh no <laughs> um anyway <laughs> this is ridiculous what do you mean yep. <laughs> why like why can't we just apply all of what you've said to 5e i don't understand like what I've, is this? Yeah, I've, none of this I've has been specific yet, to AD and D. I have yet to hear an actual mechanic be discussed. Right. I know too yeah. many AD and D players to believe this crap. This is a crappy way to make a dungeon for any system. Agreed. Yeah. Thank you, yes. Cameron. Thank you. It was just this very modular exercise, which for me, as a fifth edition player, as someone who wanted a bit more story and overarching background, wasn't great. But for other people who really just want almost like a board game, I suppose, then it was a pretty good idea. So now moving over to D&D 5e. Wow, for three you minutes. You can tell already from the character creation that role-playing is very important in this version. You have to understand I'll your agree with that. background yeah, uh, I will from too. the beginning. You get to customize what sort of uh, spells you get, and I know you can do that in AD&D, oh. but it felt like in the mm -hmm. handbook of 5th edition it was so much more on not just what your character can do, but also why your character is there, what their beliefs are, so role-playing is in it from the 
So let me Did just go find my 2E character oh. sheet really quick. Let me go oh, find God, yeah. I, I wish I had my player's handbook with me right now. Um, but oh, did I delete it? Specific <clears throat> religions and beliefs are never no. mentioned in any of the races. No, absolutely. Well, uh, Dragonborns, I think, maybe. Maybe. Sure. And yeah, because they usually maybe? go into how they either worship Bahamut or Tiamat. Yeah, Bahamut or yeah. Tiamat. Um, so or in add-on modules where they talk about uh, cobalt and yes. stuff like that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. an add-on module. Right, not core. But let me, let me, if I recall correctly, and I will uh, Google this right now, AD&D uh, uh, character sheet. Um, if I recall correctly, there were spaces for, like, family, like, genealogy and all that shit. Like, it was mm -hmm. super in-depth. Um, let me see. Now, I might be misremembering that for the second edition one. So, if that's the case, then I am wrong. But, uh, maybe I'm not. Who knows? Maybe I am. Maybe. maybe I'm not. Maybe I am. Maybe, maybe. I, no. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> oh, God damn it! <laughs> I forgot about that one. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, here we go. So, yeah, on the back, there's personal information for general appearance, distinguishing marks, mannerisms, patron, matron, uh, church, guild, order, school, holy symbol, tithings. What is this right? Am I looking at? The, is this correct? <laughs> Animals as mounts or familiars of pets. Uh, true age, appearance age. Uh, huh? <laughs> Is that a point? Really? Yeah, I think so. I mean, unless I'm looking at the wrong sheet. Let me. Gender, gender identification. Well, se there's sex, there's hair color, eye color, weight, height. Um. So that that's at least something that you can use. Companions as well. Like, yeah, I, I feel like. And then in AD&D, it kind of spiced it up more, I think, with more shit that you could fill in. But regardless, I don't know, man. I feel like, and I'd have to look at the AD&D book itself to see if there's, like, specific passages of, like, hey, you're a human, this is how humans be in the world, because they mm. were specifically for D&D's uh, world um, still. Yeah. Uh, but, like, like more, more in-depth. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I, I will, I again, I will agree, yes, 5e is more into roleplay than it is, like, in the beginning for character creation. Yes. It, it talks about, you know, the backgrounds and stuff and all that shit and um, your ideals and all that, flaws and all that. Um, mm -hmm. But then it goes right into the combat stuff, and it's basically yes. just as in-depth. Uh, yeah, no, sorry, I... I'm double checking on an online copy of the player's handbook. Mm -hmm. And religion is primarily just mentioned as part of like class proficiencies. Yeah. Okay. And of course, you know, like fucking cleric. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Skills. Beginning. Having a few items on DM's guild. There are a lot more one-shot adventures that include pages of plot hooks. Well, okay, let's talk about DM's Guild then. Yeah, that's an op like you can just anyone can post things there. Yeah, like 
you can put as much work a, web or as... a website that did not exist when AD and D was the, the yeah. Main thing. Five, oh, did you know that Five E is more popular than AD and D was? Yeah. Oh, I wonder why. It's like in Mercer, the back that's when why, but that's right, right. Point. But back back when AD and D was a thing. Remember what the fuck was happening to people? Yeah. They were like, "Hey, you worship Satan." Yep. <laughs> I mean, they How were right. Time work? No. Exactly. <laughs> they right? were right, but I mean, I know. Yeah, we were all worshiping Satan, obviously. Yes. But I'm like back in the '80s when I wasn't alive. Yeah, exactly. I was worshiping. <laughs> um, but legitimately, it's like, yes, DM's Guild has very, very high quality things. I have poached a few of those just to look at and and maybe run at some point. You they're son fun. of a bitch. I know. They're out there for free for me to use. It's crazy. Yeah, um, it's great. And, like, they have the, the world themselves that the the uh, one shot takes place in and all this lore and stuff that you look at and then you go, this is how this thing works. And then you put the players and you go, this is how things work. And they go, wow, this is really thought out. And you're like, I didn't do it. Yeah, right? <laughs> But it's just like I'll pretend that I did. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's it's just like yes, wow, amazing. We've had advancements. Huh. <laughs> yeah, right. Like back in the day, people were writing their own things in their like notebooks, and then leaving those in their room. <laughs> right? Yeah. You couldn't publish this on the internet. Well, because there wasn't you, one. You could. You could put them on like forums or something like later oh, on yeah, yeah. down the line. Um, when, and like, but I mean, the internet was an infant then. Exactly. There wasn't, there wasn't the mainstream of like, we can go on the internet to download other people's adventures. Like that wasn't the thing. Yeah, no, that wouldn't be a thing for a really long time. Exactly. So. And background compared to the five sentences of the AD&D one shot. The dungeons themselves are so much smaller. And I think that's in part because there's so much more opportunity to roleplay in 5th edition or the understanding behind 5th edition. I'm not talking about mechanics here, but just the kind of general perception of 5th edition and how it's meant to be played is more focused on roleplaying. So that, of course, reduces the amount of time you can spend fighting monsters or dungeons. Interesting. What do you think about that, actually? Because I'm, I'm of two minds about that. Uh, well, I mean, D&D, no matter what edition you're playing, is what you make of it. That is true, yes. And as so, like, but like, it doesn't matter what edition you're playing, you can make it a, a heavy roleplay or heavy combat. Absolutely. Um, what, I, what I mean is, she says that the perception of it, like for 5e, ah. is... Mm -hmm is more roleplay heavy, whereas the older editions are perceived as more would, dungeon and, uh, like, fighting heavy. I would mm. I would say that perception, it definitely is. Yes, more, I guess. Like, more combat heavy. It's, mm. uh, when you think of old school uh, AD&D, uh, I, at least, personally, mm. do think of all of the stories that people have told me about their like various combats with various monsters yeah. dungeon crawling through a hundred floor dungeons yeah yeah under and, mountain yeah yeah and like um traps and like the lethality of that whereas 5e definitely the vibe that i have gotten collectively has definitely been more kitchen sink fantasy mm -hmm. oh yep. we went to this forest and we made friends with the nature spirits yep yep definitely um I, I would say, however, that 
just because this is common perception does not just, necessarily yes, exactly yes. Uh, popular opinion does not dictate what it is yeah um now, now you could however point out that there are far more rules yes. for role play with npcs in 5e yes um, yes true and frankly, I'm disappointed that we are eight and a half minutes into an 11 minute video and not, brutal. you know, it has, <laughs> um, so like leaves a little bit to be desired. It's mm -hmm. a really subjective video with, yes. you know, no, like, Hey, in 5e, this is how this is handled. I have not heard Thacko escape your lips once. Oh, mm. yeah. That's weird that that hasn't been talked about yet. Yeah, and especially wow. for it being their, like your first time playing 2e. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the first thing. To first. The first thing out of people's mouths is, how the fuck does Thacko work? <laughs> yeah. Even though it's still really simple, yes. it's just annoying as hell and weird. It's just one of those things that you got to just now think of things in a different way. That's all. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Cameron, uh, don't forget about exploration. The third pillar is a powerful source of fun. Uh, yeah, exploration. That is, yes. that is. I think that's more thought of uh, universally, though, for everything. Um, so it's not as focused on. Um, but yes, exploration is a big part of uh, AD&D. Absolutely. Yes. As well as 5e. Mm. So it does make sense that dungeons are smaller. Maybe this is a positive for someone if you want more role-playing, but maybe it's a negative if you're not very good at role-playing, you don't enjoy it, and you literally just want to fight monsters. There's arguments for both. For me, as a slightly more experienced, but still- I wish you had made some of them. <laughs> I quite enjoyed the fact that in 5th edition you can roll your own dice for perception checks, for investigation checks, etc. Now maybe this was something my dad was doing with AD&D, but when I asked can I see if I can see any tracks on the road or uh, if I spot a goblin's pouch or something, uh, I, I, my dad would roll the dice. So I wasn't oh. doing very much. I, the only dice I rolled was for combat. And I enjoyed it in 5th edition where I could roll more dice to Tell see if my character less. was able to persuade another. So, um, we... Tell, we... Me about, tell me about this combat-heavy dungeon. <laughs> we, uh... we, we've talked about it before with the whole um, uh, rolling for your players for specific things, right? Like, yes. Um, we, we were talking about... I think we were talking about with, with Brogan the other day of... Um, Who? No net ones <laughs> the other day. Um where it was um he we were talking about instead of having it roll out in the open of like you yeah. uh are trying to persuade this guy, right? Or trying mm -hmm. to sorry, no, sense motive, right? Try to figure yes. out if he's lying or not. And then you have mm -hmm. a secret roll happen for the DM to do, and then it's like you don't actually know if you succeeded or failed. It's just one of those <clears> things <throat> of they give you the information. Um, yes. And then you have you have more incentive to stay in character and not meta it a bit. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, like, I can see that being good. And I can see that being good for, like, I'm looking for a secret door in the wall mm -hmm. here. And the, the dad rolls it. And then you don't know if there's a secret door or not after he goes, you didn't find anything. So you yeah, go, exactly. you go, all right, didn't find anything. Just keep going. Like, mm -hmm. it, it is very, it's a good thing to use. Yes. But... 
But it, it shouldn't be used as uh, that liberally, I don't think. Well, because so, people like to roll their dice. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if it was. That's the thing. This is unreliable because yeah. this is only – she's only given me two examples, and she hasn't told me of any other instances other than combat. So if it mm -hmm. was literally all the time, then that sucks, and that that's on your dad, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's that's not – the system. No, no, it's poor dungeon design. Oh, that's that's not the rule book of the one shot that you did. Um, it, it, I mean, I guess it could be the system a bit if he's going strictly raw. Um, mm -hmm. of like, yeah, you're supposed to, but I don't know AD and D's rules, like AD and D first edition's rules as well as I do second, because I yeah. at least when we were playing second, or at least when I was playing second, that wasn't the case. You didn't you didn't do that. You rolled your skills. And then yeah. you saw if you succeeded or failed. Also, did they make any skill checks? Was that oh. not a thing? I, hmm? I, hmm? I don't know. I need more information than this. We've now well, too gotten bad. to... bad. You can't have any. Oh, okay. Well. Or just have felt like I had more control over what I was doing and it wasn't just random or it wasn't just under the DM's eye. But if you're a what? newer player, if you don't really like dice rolling too much and what? you want to just see what you can do with your own so brain, alien to me. brain, then play Fate Core. <laughs> yeah, right. If you yeah. don't want to roll dice so much, play something that doesn't use dice that much. Like, I yeah, like when I get when I play a tabletop RPG, that's part of why I want to play. And like, I I understand there are people out there that don't like rolling dice as much. That's <sighs> fine. So that's weird. fair. I I understand it. I think it's weird too. But again, that's your prerogative. If you don't like rolling dice as much, whatever. Yeah. That's what you do. Again. I've talked about how uh, these days I think, hey, are you proficient in this? Okay, if it's a simple thing, we don't have to worry about you rolling anything for it. Because it does well, make I mean, less dice. The thing is, that's not so much taking the dice away from people. It's that's true. More just, that's more just saying you're good enough to where we don't need to risk the random failure. That's true. That's very unless true. You, unless the player's like, but I want to roll the dice anyway. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. It, it's the true. same thing where uh, when Brogan made tea mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you got a one it was poison tea right and then and we was, had the scene of it yeah yeah and then it it became something funny but that was i said you don't have to roll if you don't want to and he's like i want to roll anyway yeah that's i'm like true. go for it very true very true um so but again, i don't know if that really applies you're, you're just because you're right um yeah so i I don't know. It's one of those things where, again, this just it's a preference thing of if you want to roll dice or not. And I don't know. I don't understand it. And I know you don't understand it, that it's like, why are you playing a dice rolling game where you don't want to roll the dice that much? Yeah, it's like, why are you playing a card game if you don't like collecting cards? Right. Yeah, it's one of those things. Um, yeah, it's just weird to me. I would love but it to be explained. Yeah, it's true. And I would love it to be explained to me by somebody who could like make me understand it but i don't mm. get it <laughs> yeah perhaps AD&D is better for you because you can control that aspect and it's not about the role playing it's just about the strategic dice combat dice combat that's that's my new phrase it's dice combat so i know i've talked a lot about oh. my recent experience of AD&D okay, because it was very very new for me and very exciting to find out where pretty much where dungeons and dragons came from but I still prefer Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition just because there's a lot more material that I could easily find new. out there. There is a lot more chance to roleplay, which shiny. I really enjoy, and 
there's more dice rolling, which it sounds... So let me tell you something also first before I do that. There are so many uh, games out there. If people only looked, they would find the perfect system for themselves. Dungeons and Dragons is the Walmart of RPGs. <laughs> I mean, yes. You're right. It really is. You're absolutely correct. Um uh but um so let me let me tell you something out there. Roll Runner, I think was the yeah, Roll Runner. Hey. Mm. Um if you go online onto your lovely DM's guild, there's also a lot of shit for AD&D. There's yep. a lot of stuff out there that people are still even writing for that, I believe. Um, yep. People are, people love, like, the the OSR community exists, right? Like, they love the older editions. That's their thing. Um, yeah, that's what and they I, do. And I think that's, that they are creating content. I don't know for a fact, but I'm pretty sure. Um, because who wouldn't want to, right? What, if you love yeah. the system... You, you want to play it a bunch. You want to make the things yeah. for it. That's great. That's cool. I mean, hell, I've spent nearly two years writing my Call of Cthulhu campaign because I love that system. I love that yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. Right? Um, so, like, just because, and I, I understand that you like 5e a lot, but just because you have more access to it doesn't mean that you don't have a lot of access to AD&D stuff, too. Yeah, you just got to so, actually do a little bit of digging. Yeah, exactly. If you really were like into it and wanted to give it more of a fair shake you could do it i promise you yeah and where are you odd, at but i wanted more dice rolling as uh, well as roll uh, so literally just in agreement very ah, impressed one, with once once i hear something i disagree with aside from you know the video <laughs> uh i'll speak up yeah yeah, yeah. Ah, okay, <laughs> no, I feel, okay i feel you. you're good I read it, but my headspace was not in the zone for a dungeon delving board game type. Your headspace wasn't in the zone. Oh, so it was <laughs> you. It wasn't the system. Huh. Huh. More in the zone for role playing, and AD and D didn't give that to me, but fifth edition hats. Please remember that. That's just my... I hear the small, small laughter from Ed. <laughs> Tiny, tiny. <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh no! God Not the I'm faces. Look at that in a second. Fuck! Not the. I'm painting my shit. Oh. <laughs> oh, we got one, boys. It's here. Hold on. Yeah. There it is. Lovely one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're fair here. We do this to everyone. Yes, we do. <laughs> everyone. Everybody. Um. Anyway. Uh. Remember Baldur's Gate? Bet your Pepperidge Farm remembers. Yeah, no, Baldur's Gate, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah, right? I love OSR Dungeons. I'm getting Tomb of Adventure uh, designed for Christmas. She uh, should check out Matt Finch's YouTube channel and see a really cool old-style dungeon. Yeah, like, there. Mm. I, yeah, there's also plenty of people on YouTube that literally cover a bunch of older, like, content or things yeah. that are designed for that, that uh, system. Like, it's just... She's got to do the research and maybe do the digging and maybe have more than one experience. And I understand this is initial. Well, I don't even know. This is initial thoughts against the thing from one game. Whereas she's yeah. played 5e, I bet, for a while now. So I don't know if there's a lot, a, a good amount to compare, at least, at least in, in terms of experience. And not to say that your initial like having a having your initial <laughs> thoughts on something is very important absolutely um mm. but i think that it's one of those things that just need to, you just need to have a little bit more of a better dm and also <laughs> um mm. like more experience with it I, I think she would find it to be just as good as 5e yeah. maybe not just as good but at least good 
I mean, really, the main difference between the main quantifiable difference between AD and D and 5e mm -hmm. is the updates and changes to the rules. Yeah, really. Yeah, that's true. Other than that, a lot of stuff is pretty much the same yeah. because just like the any game. structure, the structure of game creation is still the exact same. You know, you 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 create whatever you're fucking thinking of. Yep. And you go on an adventure and do whatever it is you're thinking of. Yeah, it's just like this is what will change prime or what has changed primarily is um more gods or uh handling gods slightly different, yep. more mm -hmm. spells, mm -hmm. uh tweaks to balance among all classes, new classes. Yeah. Um the removing of certain uh, uh rules such as the coup de gras. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um the shit is broken. Yeah. Um, just oh, fuck, dude. Talk about anything of substance, right? Exactly. This is a nothing video. <laughs> I did not have. I didn't have fun as this one shot. So I recommend a D and D for people who don't want to think. Yeah, exactly. Have, have fun, right, dude? Fucking based on your scripting, sounds like a D and D is fucking perfect for you, bud. <laughs> oh experience of AD&D versus D&D 5e. I am not an experienced player like my dad is, and I'm sure many of you are out there <laughs> well, well. Sounds like he's more an experienced player than an experienced DM. As a new, new mm. person to tabletop role playing. Please let me know what you think of the two. Okay. Yeah. Oh. What right. what do we think of the two versions? She did just ask. Oh, uh I think they're both fine. Yep. <laughs> Done. Wow. I've played both, and honestly, they're both fun. It just depends yep. on what I feel like playing at the mm -hmm. time. Yeah, depends on, depends on how you want flow of combat. Yep, that's true like, as well. Depends depends on how you want certain monsters to act. Mm. Well, that that you can change in both. Well, yeah, yeah, no, you you can buff and nerf monsters. Yep. Like, but what I'm <clears> saying is like. <sighs> You you can change it, but like if we're deciding what edition you want to play, like look at base stat block. Gotcha. Yep. Ah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah. Great. Good. Thank you, Roll Runner, for giving us nothing. Very much appreciate that. <laughs> Very much so. I'm sure she's a fine person. I'm sure. No, absolutely. Oh, no, wait. A... Yeah. Yeah. Lit lit literally, that was not. Not in question. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Because it's like the way you said, oh, thanks for nothing. Like, oh. <laughs> no, it's just, it's, I mean, 11, it yeah. it's 11 minutes of Kickstarter music and faff. God, oh, it God. is. Oh, my God. Uh, just oh. make a vlog, please. Just do that. <laughs> and please use different music. <laughs> please. There's so much royalty-free music out there that you can just like take and use that why does everybody use generic. the same one dude i've i was looking i was searching the oldest the oldest known emotion to mankind is fear <laughs> and, everyone uh, uses strong, the same one the same one um yeah no. no i was fucking searching before just to find like something synth wavy that wasn't like anything that people had used and i found a bunch of like different files to put together that actually worked together and i was like nice. yes this Hold sounds on. like a thing. I need <laughs> to know if this is just the music she uses on every video. Oh, oh no. Please, no. Please, please let me know. <laughs> um, all right. So. They don't even use that music in the fucking five-minute crafts. 
Yeah, they do. Oh, do they? Oh, okay. Okay. Gross. <laughs> um, so, next up, we have a bit of a more interesting thing, um, hopefully. Well, that... we assume. Well, at least it it covers something specific, ah, okay. which is good. Um, and I like I don't, specifics. I don't know how, how much more in-depth he's going to be about other things, but I assume it will lead into other things because we're talking about alignment in 5e versus oh alignment in AD&D. Oh, um, boy. Yeah, and I, what have we be? What have we? What fucking jar of worms have we opened? <laughs> well, if you remember, right, AD D's alignment system was more rigid, very rigid. Yes, um, yes you could only be certain classes because of alignment. You could only use certain weapons because of alignment. You know, all that. And kind of like, stuff. if you go against alignment, there are rules for fucking docking levels. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's right. That's right. And, um, like, alignment, uh, forced alignment it, changes and yes, shit? Yes, exactly. And that's things that, at this point, I don't know what it was like before, but at this point, we don't worry about that if we play those kinds of things, right? Yeah, we um, just don't really play with our alignment too much. We just kind of play. Is, which will be brought up, because I watched a few minutes of this as well. Um, how often do you guys streams, do streams like this? We do these uh, Tuesdays, uh, and then they're reposted again on Fridays for you to, to uh, watch. It's Tuesday as right now for us. Um, we do this as a weekly podcast. We took the last week off because everyone yes. was dying. Um, yeah, not actually. No, not actually, I was but just mentally. Sleepy. Mentally, we were all and then, fucking, Didn't you have a dead voice? Yeah, I also was, yeah, my throat was also still on the mend a little bit, but I was okay. Ah, what happened to you? Was it uh, just a cough? It was literally just a temporary thing. I was really happy about ah, that, but I just, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Um, so we are going to be covering... <clears throat> this is Thinking About Alignment in Dungeons & Dragons D&D &D 5e versus AD&D &D by Bill Allen. Um, he does... Uh, his other things that he, he's done that I've seen in my recommended were um, he plays D&D &D with, like, high schoolers. And I think it's just, like, him introducing D&D &D to high schoolers for the first time or something. Oh, I don't know. I okay. never watched them because I didn't really have an interest um, mm -hmm. but it seemed to be something that was popular, so neat. Yeah, that's um, that's very interesting. Yeah, so adventurer. Nope, that's what Cody says. Is alignment important in your D and D game? Let's find out. D and D fifth edition. How do they handle alignment? Let's explore that. So. Here's a 5th edition player's handbook. I'm going to go to the table of contents. And where I would think that I would find alignment should be somewhere in like the whole beginning character creation thing, right? Mm. But in fact, it's not even in the table of contents. I'm going to just show you. It's not even in Can't the table that. of contents. <laughs> where the hell is alignment in 5th edition? Go to the back here. I will say, just to give you a little spoiler, that's a good spoiler, he gives page numbers. Ah! He's, a, he's a good man. Ooh. He's a good man. <laughs> Bill Allen is awesome. Oh, I, he saw my I friend's D&D game, and it was hilarious. He really let loose. Cool. I don't know why I got so excited when you're alive, when you say he gives page numbers. 
Dude, for, we always that want was, page that numbers. Was, that was pure, unadulterated excitement. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love that. Good. I think it's because you usually get so fucking pissy when people don't. I mean, it's it's so yeah. annoying when they give references. Like, and it's, it's not even like I'm trying to call you out for it. It's just a thing that happens. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, but it's like... Cite your fucking sources, Please, man. it's so yeah, important. Yeah, no, absolutely, you should. Oh, my God. Not to mention, and you're holding the book right there. It's not like you can't. Font, like right. Four point font Which is why I'm glad he doesn't. Alphabetically search for alignment. And lo and behold, I find alignment. And this is how it's listed, friends. Alignment, 122. That's one page. Not a range of pages, just one page. So we go to 122, which I have bookmarked with a napkin from Portillo's. No, maybe McDonald's. I don't know. Here's what fifth edition alignments. He's a teacher. He he definitely gives the teacher vibe like super hard. Yeah. Oh, yep. Yep. <laughs> actually, actually, yeah. Now that you mention it, says a typical creature in the worlds of Dungeons and Dragons has an alignment which broadly describes its moral and personal attitudes. Alignment is a combination of two factors. One identifies morality, good, evil, or neutral. Neutral. Wait, whoa, wait a minute. Good. What did he just say? He's a neutral. neutral. Yeah, he's, oh, he's correcting God. himself. He's correcting himself, don't worry. Ooh, okay, okay, God. Evil or roll. And the other describes attitudes toward society and order, lawful, chaotic, or neutral. Thus, nine distinct alignments define the possible combinations. These brief summaries of the nine alignments describe the typical behavior of a creature with that alignment. Individuals might vary significantly from that typical behavior, and few people are perfectly and consistently faithful to the precepts of their alignment. Some of you who watch D&D with high school students might be saying to yourself, Bill, I've noticed that you don't pay a lot of attention to alignment and that you don't explore it a lot with the newbie players and that you don't make it a big factor of their role playing. And that's true because I haven't used it haven't. I also, when I've been playing characters recently, which isn't much because I'm usually a DM, but when I have played in shows like The Bard's Tale or um, other, you know, gatherings that uh, are held for gaming, I, um, I also don't use alignment. The reason why I've been a bit opposed to alignment is because I feel like in a lot of people's game settings, alignment can be too restrictive. Mm. Um, whether it's the player interpreting it too strictly um, or the DM requiring players to play within their alignment too strictly. I'm not saying I don't value the concept of alignment, but I think the wording here is really important. Let me read, read this component, right? These brief summaries of the nine alignments describe the typical behavior. Yep. I want to focus on typical. Like... Wizards of the Coast should have put that in bold. Typical. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean concrete. It doesn't mean you always, if you're lawful good, you can never deviate from this code. Okay. I appreciate you. Yes. So, I just want to throw out real mm -hmm. quick, right? Mm. All right, no, no, this is thinking about alignment. Oh, I was initially going to offer some criticism in the fact that... Um, in comparing 5e to AD&D, 
uh, alignment he starts talking about instead what he just does in his own game and that other series he runs, but it is technically covered by the purview of the the title. Um, Yeah, and I assume it's just he's using it as an example because it's helping him make his point. Hi, I'm Sneaky Adolf, and you're listening to... Ah, Table Talk, Discussion and Discourse. Um, it'll come to later. Also, as a bit of a compliment, like, thank you for also reading from the book. Yes, it's yeah. nice to have quotes. Um, and like you said, I agree um, entirely. Like, the the alignment system now is probably the best, like, representation of alignment um, <clears throat> in D&D. Because... Yes. Fucking none of us follow it. <laughs> yeah. um, because, I mean, you can't ask someone in real life to be perfectly chaotic good all the time. Well, so I would I would always go, like, everyone's a shade of something, yeah. right? Because no matter what your alignment is, you have aspects of yourself in certain situations that will come out that are more of a different alignment. Like, yes, absolutely. It, it's just how it is. And the fact that you can you don't have to worry about it in in uh fifth edition is great. You don't have to worry about it in any other edition except for the ones that literally restrict you yeah. from certain things. But again, the way that you play your character, I feel like it shouldn't be like I'm I'm chaotic good. That means I <laughs> like I don't know if this has ever happened, but I'm chaotic good. That means I can never really agree with the law itself. And I yeah. don't think that's the case. I don't think that's something that anyone has really said. I will I will say that because that sounds ridiculous. But I will say that there is probably the case of people going lawful good and saying they can never bend the rules ever, right? You yeah, know, the classic That's, that's because nobody ever understands lawful goods. Right. And it's the classic paladin conundrum of the the bad paladin who literally has to stick to the letter of the law always. It's lawful stupid. Yes, exactly. It's it's not lawful good. It's lawful stupid. It is it is unfortunate that that is a thing that can happen. Um, mm. but I think fifth edition kind of makes it so that that is less of the case. Yeah. Um, from initial play, which is good. Now, you- you know what I think, actually? I've, I just had this thought, and I think sure. this it could be a reason as to why the alignment thing was such a big uh, barbed wire fence mm-hmm. in the older editions. And that is because in the older editions, when it started to become less just Gary Gygax and his friends playing in their basement, right. and other people started playing it, the older editions of D&D were kind of seen as a player versus DM kind of thing. That is true. Yeah. Most of the time. So I wonder if the alignment thing being so punishing for you changing was kind of a way to curtail players from ambushing the DM with like, oh, I make a lawful good paladin. And then all of a sudden, oh, I burned down the orphanage. I'm like, yeah, you know, that, that is of the opinion uh, that I am. Uh, I yeah. believe that's kind of what it was. It was meant to help keep people from being uh, chaotic, evil, uh, or chaotic, stupid dicks all the time. Okay. Yeah. Um, especially, especially when in older editions, um, sort of as 
um, sort of a player versus DM mentality was mm-hmm. particularly perceived by a lot of tables. So I believe that it did help to make things more, a bit less chaotic for the DM to deal with, uh, as well as um, sort of helping curtail uh, problem players before they begin. Because, like, they probably wanted to make it such that if the DM is talking to a player and they're like, hey, what, uh, what class are you planning on playing? And he goes, Paladin. The DM already knows what's basically going on with that character yeah mm-hmm. instead of like well uh what sort of alignment what sort of god were you thinking uh right right how do you yeah. think they handle this what's what do they hate it's more like okay you're a paladin you hate undead you're a lawful good uh and a stick in the mud sometimes and you think bahamut is the shit <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, no, that, so, I, I agree with you guys, actually. I, I didn't think of it like that before. Yeah, that that's just an idea. I mean, hell, that might not even be the reason, but that's just that's just what comes to my mind. That's yeah. always been my opinion on it. Yeah. You're just saying that because I said it. <laughs> yeah, sure, that's the reason why. Jewels <laughs> might vary significantly from that typical behavior. So I like the fact that wizards post, like, they, they followed up by emphasizing this. But do you as players and you as game masters and DMs, do you actually understand that? Do you understand what they're trying to to say here? Have you inferred the correct meaning? And my assertion is that the correct meaning for alignment isn't (coughs) a code or a moral compass or a set of guidelines for your character to generally follow, but no person is ever uniformly on their path. In I life. love you. Please yes. come on our show. Jesus. Yes. <laughs> Some people can, just most people aren't. Yeah, exactly. You know, honestly, the way I, I'm looking, while this is all going on, I'm looking at my Tyranids and painting my, my Termagants. Okay. Um, and I'm listening, because I still have my headphones, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm listening to him talk, and I'm envisioning him like up on a podium he's on a TED like talk in front stage. of a class yeah oh yeah he is a teacher like teaching like, D. yeah definitely holds a book like a teacher oh absolutely yeah, right oh yeah and so like i just got that image and i'm like man i hope one day that that's a thing yeah like oh, there are teaching. fucking formal classes teaching you D <laughs> shit fuck yeah <laughs> officially sanctioned wizards of the coast classes Jesus. <laughs> that's the word oh god that's so the coast funny. no no wizards of the land oh uh... <laughs> <laughs> just everywhere. <laughs> and I mean this not just in games. I mean this in reality, right? You could be an inherently good person who believes in law and order and the importance of a civilized country Most of us. who sometimes breaks the mm-hmm. rules. I do. I'm sure many of you do. How many of you have ever done a rolling stop at a stop sign when there's no He's humanizing himself. Or how many <laughs> of you have gone 10 over the, the speed fuck? limit on the road? <laughs> Or maybe when you were a kid, you shoplifted like a piece of candy. You know what I mean? We might. Be- I wish he went farther. He's just like, and then maybe sometimes you just took a knife and you stabbed your friend in the. Uh, <laughs> I was, was going to say, like, <laughs> maybe one time you killed a guy. Yeah, right. And they That's never okay. found out, and you're on the run still, and you're under a new name and identity. <laughs> but at the same time, like, you're on the run, but you have to keep slowing down to help old ladies cross the street. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> and so, hey, not everybody's perfect. Yeah. 
as just... blue and red lights start to play off camera and then just looks at them real quick, camera cuts, and then he's he in a new back. location. He <laughs> comes back, the background has changed. Hell yeah. Oh man, that'd be great. Uh, just sneak that in there, that'd be great. Uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Be good people who sometimes do things that aren't good or sometimes do things that aren't lawful, right? So I think the important thing here is that in 5th edition D&D, Wizards of the Coast recognize that alignment is valuable to guide you in terms of role-playing your character, but isn't a mechanic that they want to spend too much time on yes. or make it too much of a focus of how the game works. Yes. And they go on to describe the alignments, right? But it's literally just one page in the player's handbook. <laughs> now, you might be wondering, well, Bill, I'm sure that they kept it short and sweet for the player's handbook, but in the Dungeon Master's Guide, they probably vastly explored it. Guess what? I open up the table of contents while I'm researching this. Guess what? Shut up, you're wrong. <laughs> As, um... Guess what? No. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing about alignment. I go to the- Well, that just seems like an oversight to me, And I look up alignment, and Wait. guess what I don't find? There's nothing. Okay, those pauses. <laughs> like, is is he actually searching? Cause like, I think so. Okay. Because he said he opened the table of contents as I'm searching <laughs> or something. True, true, true. I shall search for the word alignment. I I know I know specifically. I'm pretty sure there isn't. Uh, it isn't in the DMG because I don't remember reading it ever. Um, mm. in the sense of like, uh. It was a, a big section. Yeah, I never read the DMG. Oh, you don't. Yeah, you don't need to really. But <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, no, honestly, you don't. Yeah, it is in the glossary of terms. Oh well, right, looks right. Like we but have that's, a liar. That's different. <laughs> that's different than um, it yeah. being actually a specific, mm. uh, like an actual thing in the book yeah, to read that they that they want you to read. Yeah, there's literally in the dungeon master's guide about alignment. So what can we infer from that? We can infer that in 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons, alignment is a role-playing element, but not an important game mechanic. And that's a big thing to consider. Why yes. is that a big thing to consider? Because I'm gonna take us back in the time machine. That's right, people. My first edition AD&D books. Hell yeah. Glad he understands how time works. I'm going to compare now and it's more importantly contrast candidate. the difference between mm. alignment in 5th edition now and how it was originally conceived in 1st edition. And we can maybe, maybe get some more meaning out of this. So let's start with the player's handbook. How does alignment differ between 1st and 5th edition? So uh, you might notice, by the way, that my player's handbook is pink. The reason for that is, quite simply, I brought it on a road trip, a family road trip to Florida. And it <laughs> wound up in the, the wash. Car, and the sun was so mm -hmm. intense that it just <laughs> sun, yeah, okay. my player's sun, handbook. Sun. So. That's cool. Um, this yeah. player's handbook, the table Which has of a contents, in the front. where that, you yeah. would think that alignment would be, it's not just some small subnote, but after races and classes, it's a big, bold thing. Am I pointing to the right thing? Yeah, kind of are you? I down. can't tell. I don't know. Alignment. You could be lying to me, Big, Bill. bold thing. Okay. So, if you say so, Bill. right off the bat, that shows that in first I don't, I don't edition, know if I alignment you. was considered I'm more inclined to believe him than disbelieve him. I mean, uh, it's not mine. Let me explain <laughs> on, um, 
on TSR's uh, offerings here. So this is, if you have an old school player's handbook, this is on page 33. Alignment. After generating the abilities of your character, selecting his or her race, and deciding upon a class, it is necessary to determine the alignment of the character. Look at how, mm. how important alignment is. It's necessary. I mean, they're, they're mm. basically saying that, like, look, you pick out your race class abilities, but then alignment, boom. Like, th th this is more important than hit points. This is more important than AC, than equipment. They put it, it in a, a forefront. Yep. They put it in an important place in the Well, I mean, to be process. fair, aren't there other things in 5e that are like character specific and not stat specific that come before stats? Or do stats come first now? Um so you it goes in in the order of the book itself. Um yeah. Because uh, he's reading off the order of the yeah, book. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll go get my copy real quick. Yeah, because I think that's that's yeah. that's good to that's a good idea. I um <sighs> my experience actually my well, most I, I know they have a um oh. <laughs> okay <laughs> sorry did I interrupt or something Aiden was talking and you're just like oh, oh, oh. sorry coming I, in <laughs> go on my please. most my most recent experience dealing with alignment in five e was when I was helping some new players through the process of character creation mm -hmm. and. We chose like their classes, we chose their backgrounds, and like their backstories had already been sent, and it, it, it was real good. Hmm. And then they referred to me to the top right page, um, or top right portion of the page after they had filled in their background. And they're like, What's alignment? And I'm like, Oh, okay. So, quick quest, like, I, I break down what the alignment chart is and how hmm. it works. And I'm yeah. like, do you think you know how your character deals with problems? <laughs> ah. And, mm -hmm. and they're like, yeah. And I'm like, then you don't need to put anything in. Yes. I well, okay, then. I agree entirely. Fair um, enough. And and uh, later on, they're like, okay, so there's the section here of backstory. Do I have to put my entire backstory in there? And I'm like, I know your character. Do you Do know you your know character? Your <laughs> and they went. Yeah. Well, yeah, I wrote him, and I went, so there why you do go. you think you need to put anything in backstory? <laughs> and they're like, fair enough. And yeah. I'm like, use that for extra inventory space, bud. <laughs> yeah, true. Very true. Um, Gygax, Gygax said a lot of things were necessary, in quotes, though, uh, but his overall point on the emphasis of, on alignment is right. Okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, in 5e, um, the first chapter is step-by-step -step characters. It literally how to build a character... Yeah. with all the steps um it goes race then class um and then it points and then proficiency then ability scores like this it doesn't it doesn't really have it skills are in there with the proficiency bonus like uh Okay, so it doesn't seem. It seems like they've done something similar. Here it where, is. Okay. Uh, oh. uh, fourth is describe your character. Um, uh -huh. Second paragraph of that. This is on page thirteen. Um, hmm. Second paragraph of that says, using the information in chapter four, personality and background, you can flesh out your character's appearance and personality. Choose your character's alignment, the moral compass that guides his or her decisions and ideals. And then it just moves on. Chapter 4 also helps you identify the things your character holds most dear, called bonds and flaws that could one day undermine him or her. Mm. So it, it is after everything else. Yeah, okay. Technically, if you follow it like this. 
Okay, then. So it is the complete opposite now, which is yes. good. Yeah, which I, I agree with um, in the sense of at least if you go in this way and you have to use the book to, to help you. Um, yeah. Whereas usually for me, I usually think of the character first and like their personality and flaws and all that stuff before I start um, worrying about the thing. Or mm. I just don't even think about that until I've made the character entirely yeah. with, without even the alignment and all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah, it works both ways, I think. Yep. Why? It is possible that the selection of the class your character will profess has predetermined your alignment. A druid is neutral. A paladin is lawful good. That's right. A thief can be mm. neutral or evil. An assassin is always evil. That's mm. interesting. Um, yet, except for druids and paladins, such restrictions still leave latitude. The thief can be lawful neutral, lawful evil, neutral evil, chaotic evil, chaotic neutral, neutral, or even neutral good. And the assassin has nearly as many choices. The alignments possible for characters are described below. Then, um, much like 5th edition, they have brief descriptions of the alignments. Um, the descriptions are not exactly the same. They've evolved. But essentially, there are you know nine alignment ranges. Now, this is the part that I'd like to compare and compra uh, contrast with the 5th edition. So this Please. is an interesting little paragraph. Naturally, there are all variations and shades of tendencies within each alignment. The descriptions are generalizations only. What can we infer just from that? Just from that statement. I think that we can read that statement and see a very similar description in 5th edition that says, look, these are block guidelines for your character's moral compass, their behavior, their belief system, but there are tendencies. There are variations. They meant it, even in first edition, they meant alignment to have some flexibility. It wasn't meant to be this inflexible you know, code um, that your character had to always play by. But then I would bring up, again, the rules of yeah, like consequences yeah for yeah it's so, kind of that kind of goes directly against that so right dm can ascribe some leeway sure mm -hmm. yes however raw no yes no, exactly right like uh i i think i think the intention is there sure but unfortunately the intention is also not there for that yeah The descriptions are generalizations only. And then it goes on. A character could be basically good in its true neutrality or tend towards evil. It is probable that your campaign referee will keep track of the drift of your character on the alignment chart. <laughs> now that's I'm laughing because like keeping a graph of someone's ups and downs on an alignment oh my God. Chart is very much a crunchy like old school mechanic thing. Mm. Like people, like I, I would never keep a graph of that. That's ridiculous. Um, guys, I'm gonna have to start keeping a graph on you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather chaotic, you make chaotic, <laughs> chaotic evil, every single one. <laughs> I would rather yeah, you right? make a pie chart, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm thinking, yes. yeah, yeah. Who, who is how much evil? <laughs> <laughs> And then whoever is the least evil gets fucking kicked out of hell. Yep, there we go. <laughs>
This is affected by the actions and desires of your character during the course of each adventure and will be reflected on the graph. You may find that these actions are such as to cause the declared alignment to be shifted towards or actually to some other. So maybe there's a mechanical reason to keep the graph because they're saying that if you played out of character or out of alignment enough that you can actually shift alignment. Yes. Now that's an interesting concept. There's no discussion about that in 5th edition. If you made a paladin who's lawful good and you consistently weren't role-playing that character lawful good, what is the DM supposed to do? Just accept it? Or just ignore alignment altogether because they realize that it's too, too messy? Or do they say, hey, you haven't been role-playing lawful good. You've been really role-playing more like chaotic good. And based on these adventures and what I've been keeping and this graph that I've been keeping, <laughs> um, you are now chaotic good. So what A lot of people choose uh, to take the rules literally in the ways they want to. We all know how, people, how popular negative YouTube videos are. I've never been surprised that people assume the worst part of rules to, to be the truth. Yeah, um, so, and, like, I get what he's saying, like, the fact that there's no talk of it whatsoever in 5e is both fine and, like, it, it doesn't really take away from it, I don't think, because, mm -hmm. um, again, the, the way that alignment is presented in 5e is so inconsequential that it's, like, mm -hmm. does it really even matter to keep track of what you, like, yes... It would for something. It would for for to an extent, and I think most DMs just take that into consideration naturally, in the yeah. sense of like, are you a good person? Okay, if you start just doing evil shit, you're not that great a person anymore, and the gods probably don't think you are either, right? Like, yeah. or like the people in town don't think you are either. You start getting a reputation, you know, all that kind of stuff. It is, it is, it is less mechanical and more just. Um, inherent just to how everything works regardless of um, the system. Yeah. What's that do? What's the point? So in first edition, there's actually a block paragraph called changing alignment. Mm. Hmm. It's a bit rough. I know that you can't smell things on video, but for those of you watching right now, Which I just want to tell can. you, this book has seen some time. It's like those things of like you can't hear pictures or whatever. <laughs> it's like, no, I can, I know what you're smelling. I get you. Mm. I'm sorry, Brad. You just didn't feel enough this week. Guess you're neutral good now. <laughs> oh, that would be interesting. Yeah. Like, so see, what you do, right, is you make that actually reflected uh, in game. Yeah. By having it be so, uh, like, thugs, thugs come up to you and give you shit for not, like, paying your guild dues yep. or something as a rogue. Yep. And then they break your knees. And then because you're hobbling around, you're actually uh, D-leveled in rogue. <laughs> <laughs> that would be bullshit. That's oh, shit, my God. Yeah. That would be great. <laughs> yeah. It would be a laugh for a little bit. But then I'd yeah. be like, okay. It's like, okay, enough of that. Yeah. <laughs> smells old it smells like when you're in a library and you find an old book and you're like it has mythos you know what i'm saying sure. I, I haven't this is fun, <laughs> mythos, this is a fun video for me <laughs> it's just not, as like a meta moment. That this is a fun video for me to do because i have not busted out these books 
for any actual practical reason other than dusting them off in the shelf in a long That's time. Sad. So it's kind of fun to go yeah. back to this. All right. I'm glad you're and doing this then. Maybe it's no coincidence because this year marks the 40th anniversary of my plane, D&D. &D, oh. oh. Whenever this is put out. Back to alignment. While involuntary change of alignment is quite possible, it is very difficult for a character to voluntarily switch from one to another, except within limited areas. Evil alignment can be varied along the like axis. The neutral character can opt for some more specific alignment. Your referee will, will probably require certain stringent sacrifices and appropriate acts, possibly a quest as well, for any other voluntary alignment change. In fact, even axial change within evil or good or radial movement from neutrality may require strong proof of various acts. Further voluntary change will be even more difficult. Changing back to a forsaken alignment is next to impossible on a voluntary basis. Even involuntary drift will bring the necessity of great penance. So the fact that there's even a, like a paragraph block about changing alignment is pretty significant. They thought about it. They must have play tested. They must have had experiences it was a in their role. adventures, in their campaigns, where people shifted from good to evil or lawful to chaotic. Or, or uh, I mean, he, he has a point in the sense of like, um, this is a D and D. So in regular D and D, they had they had the issues that they uh, that like that I uh, that I also now assume that you guys brought up of like people would be doing random shit or something but i don't even know because like in the first edition wasn't alignment also still tied to this kind of stuff i believe so it's yeah. been it's been a long time since i've looked at first edition rules like actual first yeah. edition uh i've been running a star wars game lately the light side and dark side are very defined in star wars so far my players have embraced that and utilized it for role playing cool yeah yeah absolutely like it, it's it's one of those things where um you know kotor now that we're talking about Star Wars a little bit, um, yeah. KOTOR has that alignment kind of thing where if you're doing good stuff, you get better light side stuff. and you do bad stuff, you go more dark side stuff. It's yeah. it's like Mass Effect's thing of like Renegade Paragon and all that. Like yeah. all of the alignment systems that are out there, um, having the, the standard of being the good and being the bad, very easy to then go... I'm still good, but I'm also sometimes more gray, you know, mm. in the sense of like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, counterpoint, however. Oh. Um, also within the Star Wars universe, do also consider uh, the morality and sort of moral ambiguity present by the two best characters, uh, Ray and oh. what's his fucking face? I love and, their, I love and their will they, won't they? No, of, shut of, up. Of will, of will Ray be evil? It's so. It's she. She never would like that. Was never but even. She's a too good of a character. <laughs> but. <laughs> But consider, though, how mm -hmm. many people were obsessed. Uh -huh. And that means it's good storytelling. Oh, mm. yeah, you're right. Yes. I forgot. Masterpiece. Yes. The form of, of changing alignment. That's a recognition. This is my inference now. That is a recognition, in my opinion, that they, they understood that alignment, it wasn't realistic for a player to, to have to consistently play an alignment for a character without any deviation. And that mm -hmm. furthermore, in some storylines, it might be more interesting to see that. And I, I know, I think we well, could all think of some stories from books or movies 
where somebody had a fundamental life experience that changed their alignment, changed who they are. You know, sure, yeah, no, that's the thing that happens all the I mean, time. Hell, it's the just, Joker. It's just, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, there's that, but like the so, regardless of that though. Yes, there's there, still there's, the punishment side. Of yes, it, exactly. Like regardless of all of that, yes, there's the you can make the inference, and I think it's a very valid one to make. But again, punishments occur when you go too far out of that, and you yeah. have to enforce those. Unfortunately, in that system, unless you don't use that, which is fine. Um, but it was the intention to enforce that kind of punishment because the rules were there. Yes, because you you wouldn't have that. You wouldn't put a rule on a rule book if it wasn't meant to be used. Mm -hmm. Because uh book space is uh book space is expensive. Mm -hmm. yeah. A good who was really put through something traumatic and then just became whatever, became evil. Or somebody who was fundamentally lawful and law abiding, who, you know, went through some you know, epic life-changing experience that exposed them to, you know, a different kind of perspective, and now they're they're kind of more chaotic or... Yeah, I watched Dead Game. Or I know. What, what happened? <laughs> I think there are plenty of heroes and villains who go through these alignment shifts, right? So I think it's just cool to see what, you know, the originators kind of envisioned with uh, first edition AD&D regarding alignment, but this video is not done. Oh, good. I would hope I not. briefly mentioned mechanics. Ah. Oh, Thank alignment. Now, here's God. where I start to get a little bit mm, salty, let's say. There we go. Okay. Hey. yes, in a way, they understood that alignment from a role-playing perspective needed to be flexible. Mm -hmm. But then they went and made a whole bunch of mechanics because mm -hmm. remember that, you know, D&D &D was derived from and created by wargamers. They were mm -hmm. naturally people who liked lots of rules and crunchy, number crunching stuff, right? Mechanics. So they created a lot of mechanics about alignment as it impacted magic and equipment, specifically magical or enchanted items. Absolutely. Uh, if yeah. alignment needs to be used in your game, why not have the table choose the alignment for each character after the first session? Just an idea I had. Um, so this is the thing that I would say for that. Um, I would say no. Yeah, no. I, yeah. I feel I, so having a group vote on something to, to like have them all give their opinion on what they think the alignment might be. Sure. Um, if you really want to put a label on it, I don't think mm. it's necessary to really put a label on it because I, again, like we've discussed before and like, uh, Bill has even said, no one's perfectly on that line, right? Yeah. Um, I would just say, hey, you have Magdor, the dwarf. He is Magdor, <laughs> right? Like, mm. he will act as he does, as it would make sense for him in the moment, um, regardless of whether or not something has happened. And it will make sense, at least, hopefully, if they've taken to, into account how that character thinks, how their backstory has shaped that character. And yeah. alignment is something that someone else would look at that character and say, oh, they're this in that instance, right? And they could, they could if anybody were to take that snapshot, you could have somebody characterize that guy as chaotic good, whereas later on, he completely takes a guy instead of, like, like let's say Magdor takes um this bandit 
to his hideout and starts torturing him for information. I would call that chaotic good if it is for... Um, if it is Do bear in mind, though, that is... We're already past the point of having selected alignment for that character. Yes. Like you're talking about something more along the lines of an alignment shift. No, no, no. So what I'm what I'm saying is, regardless of what their alignment was, uh, when you picked it, um, they they, in any one moment, you could look at their actions and have a different perspective on what their alignment is. So mm. regardless of what you chose. If somebody saw this Magdor take that guy and go torture him for the information of how to save the king's daughter, right? They would call that chaotic good because he's trying to um, do that. But the action itself was maybe more evil, and so they go more chaotic neutral? But again, I don't know. Um, I would call it chaotic good in that instance. But then you go see Magdor fucking uh, take the next bandit and just turn him over to the, to the guards. And I would call yeah. that lawful good. Right, and so it depends on the actions more so than what the alignment the person is do like was assigned in the beginning, right? Mm. Um, so after the first session, once you've played with that character and you figured them out, you already understand how they're gonna think at least a little bit better, if not entirely, um, for the future. Uh, and then after that, you go, okay, they're gonna act like this, and you just have to remain consistent. That's about it. Like, you don't have to worry about labeling it. You just got to be consistent with how your character would be. I would say, in general, having the table as a whole vote on uh, sort of an alignment that everyone will play and stick to. No, no, no. Uh, I don't think that is... was the intention of the question. I think oh, it was. It... I think even it... if it's not stick oh, okay. to. Yeah. yeah uh, then my point still holds. Yeah, sure. Uh, you're. So much of the beauty of roleplay between characters is seeing how different thoughts and ideologies can kind of clash, mm -hmm. uh, especially when both are trying to accomplish the same goal. Mm. And I think that you're sort of shooting yourself in the foot and potentially missing out on a lot of great inter-character roleplay. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I believe that the question was more just the table tries to figure out every individual character's alignment by discussing it and like choosing which one it would be. Oh yeah, and in which case, sure, you can do that. But you could, but we're, I, again... we're, we're still we're still at the issue of why does what two letters I write down in the corner of my character sheet matter? Exactly. That's yeah, mm. and that's what I was trying to illustrate with. The snapshots of Magdor. And this is where I start to get annoyed, because I remember being a player and being like, well, why can't I use that sword? Because you're good and the sword is evil. I, who cares? It's a sword, you know? Now, if that was an element of role-playing, if the DMs at the time had said, okay, go ahead and pick it up, see what happens, and then I become gradually like my mind is poisoned by mm. the suggestions of the evil sword yeah. you know or my soul is tainted somehow always good that would have been a cool role-playing experience but those things didn't happen a lot of times the way i saw alignment being implemented or used in games with regards to equipment and spells was just kind of like a you know putting up a wall mm. and that even as a kid i recognized that wasn't cool okay so <clears throat> bum, bum, bum. Let's get into the mix. The DM's guide has a whole bunch of stuff about alignment. 
Alignment describes the broad ethos of thinking, reasoning creatures. Pretty cool. Again, even then in first edition, they're saying the broad ethos. Those unintelligent sorts being placed within the neutral area because they are totally uncaring. I don't know about that. Um, note that alignment does not necessarily dictate religious persuasion, although many religious beliefs will dictate alignment. As explained under alignment languages, this aspect oh, of God, those. is not the major consideration. Yeah. Oh my God, that's right. I forgot about like alignment lawful good language. The language. Is my favorite thing. Oh my yeah. God, you just start you get, forci you get forcibly changed from your alignment of lawful good to like chaotic evil or something. You just you 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 start fucking babbling. Yeah. Yep. So now you weird. can speak that language. That's so so strange. Yeah, it was this so stupid. speaks evil. <laughs> Blink dogs speak, speak lawful good. I guess I just speak the black speech now. Neat. Yep, yep. <laughs> God damn it. The overall, sorry. The overall behavior of the characters, behavior determines actual alignment. Wow. Let me reread that. Please. I... This is, we're experiencing some revelations right now, people. Oh. Um, the overall behavior of the character is delineated by alignment, or, in the case of player characters, behavior determines actual alignment. That's pretty deep, because that's them recognizing that a player could choose an alignment, but that their overall behavior can vary from that, and then that behavior and actual role-playing should determine their true alignment. Right. Let's, let's continue. Therefore, besides defining the general tendencies of creatures, it is also groups it also groups creatures into mutually acceptable or at least non-hostile divisions. This is not to say that groups or similarly aligned creatures cannot be opposed or Sorry, oh my god, it's the Sith language written on the dagger from Rise of Skywalker. Oh. It's just, I can suddenly speak it and oh, read it. Jesus. Oh. oh, thank you. I appreciate you bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh I'm yeah! So I never saw that fucking. The movie. dagger oh. from million like oh they just had it randomly made into the key so that we could figure out that this was where we needed uh. to find the fucking. Sorry, not holocron. I was gonna say holocron. That's not right. Um, I don't remember what it was. Dyad? I don't fucking know. Who cares? <laughs> Yo, dude, you ever piss someone off so much that that they start speaking a different language? <laughs> 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 that is unrecognizable man crazy or even mortal two nations for example with rulers of lawful good alignment can be at war bands of orcs can hate each other but the former would possibly cease their war to oppose a massive invasion of orcs just as the latter would make common cause against the lawful good men Thus, alignment describes the worldview of creatures and helps to define what their actions, reactions, and purposes will be. It likewise causes a player character to choose an ethos which is appropriate to his or her profession, and alignment also aids players in the definition and role approach of their respective game persona. With the usefulness of alignment determined, definition of the divisions is necessary. Written like a true tech manual. Um, that was very yeah, dry, but yet informative, okay? Very logical. 
Major divisions. There are two major divisions of four opposite points of view. All four are not mutually exclusive, although each pair is mutually opposed. Law and chaos. The opposition here is between organized groups and individuals. That is, law dictates that order and organization is necessary and desirable, while chaos holds to the opposite view. Law generally supports the group as more important than the individual, while chaos promotes the individual over the group. I love that portrayal it's of very... chaotic versus law. Yes, it's very good. What were the two gods in Elder Scrolls? The, or Daedric Princes, excuse me. There's a fucking lot of Daedric um, Yeah, there's no, like 13, the really, aren't there? The really, um, the really yeah. notable ones for literally law and chaos. In Oblivion, I think, you have to... I know, well... Mayrun's uh, Dagon? No, so, no. okay. Really, the answer you're asking for is not the Aedra and the Daedra, but really uh, no. Anu and Padme. No, no, no. Uh, um, Anu represents order and stasis, and Padme represents... No. Um, it, Padme is Sithis. What okay. you're probably thinking of is uh, Shir Gorath, yes. the god of madness, and Jigalag. That's the, the one. Of... Ah. That's the one I was thinking of. Thank you. Fuck, I hate that. <laughs> How effortlessly that came. That's why I was asking for you. To... <laughs> That's why I asked it out loud so that you would tell me. Because I um, forgot. <laughs> so, how, however, though, calling Shiagorath the god of chaos isn't technically true. Okay. Uh, I, I would, in fact, just say Anu and Padme are your better representations of that. Because okay. Anu represents nothing ever changing, everything staying as it is. Oh, really? And Padme is um, constant flux and uh, the void, but also weird new permutations of life and they have a whole yin yang sort of thing going on gotcha nerd mm. yeah good and <laughs> evil basically stated the tenets of good and human rights or in the case of AD&D, creature rights each creature is entitled to life relative freedom and the prospect of happiness cruelty and suffering are undesirable evil on the Why other hand does America. not concern itself with rights yep. or happiness purpose Why everybody's is permanent. <laughs> There can never exist God, a that was the most chaos teacher thing. or an evil good. <laughs> All the pauses are very teacher. Um, these and yeah. their reverses. Give them time to write. Yeah, do, you no, gotta no. give your students I... time to write your shit down. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes. <laughs> so then they go ahead and they describe. <laughs> in the same way that the player's handbook did in all the editions, they describe the the nine basic options. Right, neutrality, neutral good. Neutral evil, lawful good, lawful neutral, lawful evil, chaotic good, chaotic neutral, chaotic evil. <laughs> Each of these cases for alignment is, of course, stated rather simplistically and ideally for philosophical and moral reasonings are completely subjective according to the accumulation of the individual. Yes. Now remember this is the DM's guide, so this next passage is important. Okay. You as dungeon master, must establish the meanings and boundaries of law and order as opposed to chaos and anarchy, as well as the divisions between right and good as opposed to hurtful and evil. You as the DM, you as the dungeon master. So see, here they're putting it on the dungeon master. So players have an obligation, if they're using alignment, players have an obligation to use that as a guideline for how to role play their character their moral approach, their, their beliefs, their perspectives. But the dungeon master also has an obligation, if you're using alignment, to 
propagate that in the world, to populate the world, whether it's individual creatures, groups, um, organizations, whole kingdoms, whatever, right? So they go on to say... Well, okay, so before we go too far away from that, um, that's already kind of, like, that's still the case in 5e. It's just not under alignment, right? Yeah. Because, like, it's just kind of inherent that people are going to act the way that they act, and so you just yeah. come up with the world um and the factions in it and what's yeah, good and like, what's bad like yeah like when i came when i was building my material plane mm -hmm. i did come up with some characters and i didn't when i was coming up with their stories and their deals i didn't give a single thought to alignment mm -hmm. it was just how they are it, what they do it is interesting to see it being used from alignment standpoint but mm. i really i don't know if it's absolutely necessary um just it, like obviously it's not because we've been doing it for a while but um yeah like it's it's one of those things that it's just really strange to see it because i i would never think of two warring factions being like what their alignment is i just think yeah. why did the war start yeah, you're right. just thinking the the actual logical reason of why the war started, not right. that they were either good or evil. Right, exactly. And like, yes, sometimes it is just these things are bad and they want to kill. Right. Yeah. And sometimes then... it's the VC or the the vampire counts. My bad. Oh. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For a second, there, because I've been watching the fucking "Welcome to Astalia, gentlemen" video a few times lately. because oh, it's yeah, one of the best yeah, videos yeah. ever. Um, <laughs> and I was like, you know, the the VC vampire counts, you know. Um, and so you oh. know, it's the empire versus the fucking vampire counts. Yeah. The empire. The vampire counts are fucking evil, so they that's... Just, they just want to kill things and raise them up as zombies. It's crazy. Yeah, like, well, that's their reason, and yeah. that reason to the empire is evil. So yes, exactly. that kind of is a really cut and dry, they're evil, we're not evil, go fuck them up. Mm -hmm. Welcome to Westalia, gentlemen. <laughs> well, well, don't you know, though, mm -hmm. uh -huh. that if there is a war that is breaking out... There is always a good side and a bad side. Oh. And the good side is the country you live in. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And like, America what, will teach you. What I will <laughs> what I will say is that I'm glad that the examples in that that he read out were um sometimes lawful kingdoms can go to war. Like yeah. just because like differences. So, so Food. It's, yeah, because one one kingdom's law is different than another kingdom's law. Like, yeah. um, they're not always going to be cookie-cutter kingdoms, um, and vying for power is not uh, against a law, <laughs> really. Yeah. Unless you're now, because that's bad now. No mm. go for power, bad thing, no more colonization, stop. Yeah. But that was because that was bad, because yeah. it happened a lot, and there was a lot of war, and maybe less war because of that. Mm. Um. And so again, yeah, it's it's one of those things, very very interesting, very weird at the same time to just highlight that. But I'm glad that they also have the, uh, like I said, the the examples of similar alignments going after each other because that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Padme like Padme Amidala. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was. Uh, that's what I was thinking when he said it at first. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> it's like okay, I'll I'll listen. <laughs> 
give him time to explain Waffle himself. Waffle societies mm. will tend to be highly structured, rigid, well-policed, and bureaucratic hierarchical. Class, rank, position, and precedence will be important, so they'll be strictly defined and adhered to. On the other hand, chaotic areas will have little, little government and few social distinctions. Um, they go on here. Just alignment good. continues on for another mm. two pages. They talk about alignment with respect to the planes. They talk about graphing alignment. So the reference they made about the graph. Mm. <laughs> See Player's Handbook, Appendix 3, oh. Character Alignment Graph. Okay, let me bop back to that. <clears throat> this should be funny. But you already looked at the graph. Uh, uh no, no, this is he talked about the graph, but this is actual rules is. for the graph. Oh, okay. Oh, there's the graph. So you don't have to make your own. You just photocopy this back in the old days, and then the DM could just kind of um, <laughs> do little plot points in it, just like uh, they're starting to go here. <laughs> just that's well, amazing. I I love how they have the uh the neutral alignments. Yeah put you, you know, where you should be, and then make little notes of your behaviors on this graph. And maybe each character would have one of these graphs, and the DM would secretly <gasps> keep track of it behind their DM screen. Man, can you imagine, like, how, how do you quantify the shifts? You know? Yeah, right? That is... <laughs> That'd be really funny, like, actually. If we were like, if we were playing in a regular campaign where there was no real fuckery going on, yeah, and we were all, you know, if we were all playing and we had these graphs and we were just doing them with each other, just <laughs> yeah, for the just hell of out, it, out in the like, thing, not to actually have any effect on yeah, the game, yeah, yeah, but just, just to, just like, to see how we rank each other, right? It's like <laughs> that it's would just like, be amazing. I I put a little point where I am. Okay, cool. This is me mm -hmm. now. I stole a piece of candy. I move it slightly. Like, I'd make a micro, like, point next to it. Well, here's the thing, it. though. How, how poor was the shopkeeper? Exactly, who, who right? Who did you now, steal it from? Now we have because to think about... Because if it's from, like, you, a child, then yes. I'd, say that's, well, I'd say that that's chaotic good. <laughs> but... <laughs> Did you swap the labels on gummy worm and sour worm? Like, that's chaotic neutral. Holy shit! Right? Yeah, it goes. It goes super. It, like you now have to like analyze it super hard. It's crazy. It be really funny. And, I, and again, like you make those little micro changes, and then like, oh, you killed the guy that was bad. You now like put it up closer to good. Like, like a big jump, and it's like, oh, now I can be bad some more. Yay! Yeah. Very weird. You, you get to burn good boy points. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good boy points. Oh, no. Or good, good points. Oh no! Oh so, god! You must see. And by that. I mean murder and pillage. Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> Not too far off. Fuck, that would be a lot of fun. That would be <laughs> we need fucking to get that weird. chart. We need to get that graph, dude. Yeah, right? <laughs> now, that might be your jam. You might be like, holy crap, first edition had it going on. They they know what's up. That's what I'm gonna do. Then I do love it. micromanaging cool. my Remember alignment. my general philosophy is like <laughs> just because I've been doing this for a long time doesn't mean I'm always right. And everybody can run what they want, however they want. That's how they wrote it. I mean, here's proof, man. So use this or don't use it. I mean, it's cool that they came up with it. But obviously, 5th edition took a step away 
from the importance of alignment because here there's even more alignment <laughs> language. What? This is craziness. Let's read this. Please. Alignment read language is a handy game tool which is not unjustifiable yeah. in real terms. Thieves did employ a special cant. Secret organizations and societies right. did and do have certain recognition signs, signals, and recognition phrases, yeah, possibly special languages of limited extent. Consider also the medieval Catholic Church, which used Latin as a common recognition and communication base to cut across national boundaries. In AD&D, alignment languages are the special set of signs, signals, gestures, and words which intelligent creatures use to inform other intelligent creatures of the same alignment of their fellowship and common ethos. See that? I've okay. never okay. read that. Yes, sure, but guess what? Yeah. yeah. A person who's bad can still learn Latin. Yes, exactly, yeah. right? Like, there's that, absolutely. And, like, having it explained like that, then it makes it so that it's like, oh, this isn't this isn't a language. This is just hand signals and all that. Like, that is that is itself a language, but it's it's yeah. learnable. It's, it's communication, yes. not so much, like, my word for Apple. My word for lol is now kek. Yes, exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's it's not a it's not a foreign language that no one else can know. It's it's much much too easy now. Mm. I like it better when I just started speaking like Mordor. Wow. Yeah, right. I want to speak the yeah. black speech. Yeah. The black speech just out of nowhere. Exactly. And so you you know the other funny thing mm. the um since technically anything that is that alignment can mm. speak that language so weird so a blink dog <laughs> which i don't think can talk that's the no, thing they're intelligent but they can't talk yeah yeah i don't believe they can talk but they can still speak lawful good yeah that's true that would be weird So they just bark it i guess well i guess they would like use their tail to like sign language with their tail yeah and Man, then like oh no you know charades? what they do they would blink around so fast that ah. they would letters with the light they right. behind yes. or something spelling with blinks <laughs> yes. and and then it would look like a smiley face mm -hmm. and you know yeah boy happy <laughs> i wonder what that means <laughs> Where oh my, my god. <laughs> uh, the, oh. uh, there is a game, I forget what it's called, but the basic premise of it is that um, you're trying to figure out what happened. It's sort of like a puzzle-solving game. Mm. Um, it's, a, it's a video game, but you have two lenses with which to interact with the world. You have mm -hmm. the objective lens, okay. which is just uh, a picture of like, a picture of what's going on but the mm. picture is like lo-fi and shitty oh okay and yeah. then you have the subjective yeah you have the subjective lens which contextualizes what's going on based on emotion oh but but based on what actually is uh it's it's meant to be in game it's meant to be an app of how you interact with the world oh weird. but the people who designed the app did so really shittily and they're like yeah i couldn't quite figure out the ai of what happy means but like a puppy is like wagging its tail and running up to you is something that's happy so like mm. sure i guess that means happy and it will <laughs> result in things like uh, the father and the mother danced in the the foyer, mm -hmm. and what you will have in the uh, objective lens is like 
these two amorphous blobs on a grainy black and white like <laughs> film thing and when you when you swap to uh the subjective lens it's like a sun with like a, a train set like circling around it super fast and you're like uh-uh. what the fuck is this <laughs> <laughs> i love that oh dude if you find out what that is i want to play that now the, really i'll bad. see if i can find it there's Please one do. of like a father sitting down and ordering pizza <laughs> okay <laughs> and like the subjective thing is like um the it's there's clearly a phone yeah but the father's head just turns into a speech bubble of like a pizza in a car <laughs> oh oh that sounds fucking amazing oh i need it that what the you know that's honestly starting to sound a lot like fucking flight control or whatever that game was game, <laughs> quote unquote uh 90s unlike ewoks blink dogs can blink 2020 why is that ewok blinking <laughs> <laughs> i'm entirely too stoned to hear about this <laughs> well <laughs> think ewoks can't blink uh, oh, uh, uh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's current year. <laughs> Alignment languages are never flaunted in public. That was the thing. Yeah, that was the thing. Alignment languages were supposed to be secret, always. You never use them in you public. Yeah, that was the thing. You're ne- it literally said, you never flaunt them in public. And I'm like, how does a, how does that make sense? I don't like the point of it is to be a secret language that other people can't understand in the like in public. Right? Yeah. Isn't that like the thing? I don't know. Well, because every single other lawful person on the street will understand that you Oh. Oh no. <laughs> it goes on to describe how alignment language works, credentials, um Dentials? not using it in public. How it's constructed. So I vaguely remember sometime in the early to mid 80s playing with alignment languages. But I don't think that at that age, even with older brothers DMing for us, I don't think we implemented that. So it's sure. I'd be curious if there's any of you old grognards out there who, you know, started gaming, uh, started playing DD in the 70s or early 80s when you were in college. Maybe you were able to implement alignment languages in a more useful way. I could see the value if role played well, but my own spin on it, how I would do it differently is instead of just being like, I speak lawful good, I would actually have some, like a religious, you know, maybe there's a religion that uses this old dead language that nobody uses anymore, kind of like Latin, you know, or uh, like Aramaic, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. some dead language that's ancient, but they still like, you know, this religion, that follows a specific alignment code, they use this language. I would make it more organic to the game. Cause I, yeah, yeah, that's um, what I would do as well. Cause like this, this is, this is why I like using thieves can't the way that I do. Um, cause I stole mm. it from somebody else who does it well. Um, <laughs> oh, how do you do it? Uh, so, um, you know, um, the the homeless signs, the the hobo signs that are. Uh, oh yeah, used, mm-hmm. yeah. I I use those. Those are those are thieves can't. Um, uh, fun, oh, fun fact! Actually, those vary wildly based on which portion of the country you're in. Yes, and so I have my own set that I that I use. Um, oh, that 
uh, th that mean what they mean. And so people that are thieves know that can't, or at least rogues I, know that can't. I, I cool. typically, I do something similar, actually, in that I lift shadow marks from Skyrim. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it'll of... be it'll it'll be something like uh, someone will have like a glass pane window or something. Yes, mm. and it will like the the iron bars, and it will be of the shape of uh, guild friendly or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, one of the ways that I would uh, would interact with using an alignment language is again make it that kind of ancient language. Sure, but if you are going up against the way I would do it is I would have some organization that you guys are supposed to fight sure. or uh, interact with using that language. And you need to, you need to learn the language in order to like intercept their communications and mm. stuff and mm -hmm. figure out what they're doing. Yeah. But I wouldn't allow you to just level up, take linguist and learn it. Sure. And the organization oh, yeah. has actually like, destroyed the majority of the like the actual tomes and shit that actually contain the language and they mm -hmm. teach it orally only to their own members mm -hmm. and so what i would do is there is a thing in final fantasy 10 where um if you go around all the world and you explore enough you can find these uh i forget exactly what they are but they're basically these sites where oh i know what you're learn. talking about Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can learn either a word or a letter of the yes. Albed language. That's right. And the, the whole time you're playing the game, if you ever encounter someone who speaks Albed, uh, it's just it's not even displayed what they're saying in subtitles until you start learning the language. Yeah. And if you learn the whole language in another place in that playthrough, you can do a new game plus go back through and now you understand the language mm -hmm. and you can see what they were saying the whole time. Yeah, no, that was, that so was a cool I would element. Yeah, and so I would have this kind of like side adventure thing where you guys are going around the countryside like it's like, oh man, there's these ruins that were built by blah 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 civilization. Maybe we can find more uh, knowledge of their language there so we can try to intercept, you know, whatever. Yeah. So totally. I would make it its own plot element. Yeah, that would be super cool. Uh, I love unlocking the Albed language, says Cameron. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, was, it was probably one of the coolest parts about... Um... Um, yeah. So I, I hated 10. And even yeah, I, don't I like admit 10. that that's a really cool part of the game. I don't like 10. So, <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, um, that and like the other, the other thing about it is like it seems like they were using, um, like, uh, alignment languages to give you just secret codes, right? In the sense of, like, yeah. And like, Basically, what we do now is we just go, these people know this, and if you somehow learn it, then you can intercept messages or, like, talk to people in that organization. Like, it it's literally, if there's, like, a secret handshake or um, you have to wear certain colors to approach this person to talk to them and actually be led into, like, the organization, or you have to... Um, uh carve certain like uh inscriptions on um your door so that when people pass by they can like you know like things that are in the world that you could potentially find and learn mm -hmm. that you can then use instead of having it be just tied to your character's alignment yeah just, right just and so i mean strange. hell <laughs> if if you wanted to use alignment language within your own party just to have a secret True. thing all you got to do is say your characters are all part of like a military unit or something mm -hmm. who knows 
mm-hmm. or they're all part of the same group. All you got to do is if you guys have choose characters that have a free language of your own choice, choose sign language. And then just yep, yep, all yep. of you choose sign language. Absolutely. And yep. there you go. That's it. There was um there was a race in 3.5 that was uh from a plane of chaos, I think. Uh, that had no gods or anything. They worshipped the uh, fundamental ideals of like good and chaos and all that kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. that's how they had clerics and and shit. Um, mm. And they had they were they had tails and they looked basically like um, your stereotypical devil um, of like oh, okay. uh, feet that have hooves, um, pointed horns. You know, uh, not wings. Uh, I don't think, but they had the tails that were long and and had stuff. So tieflings. Basically, but not (laughs) maybe a proto tiefling. It was because tieflings uh, in fifth ed are now that, whereas tieflings in third were just people that had maybe one or two marks that were different, right? Yeah. Um. So, uh, but the these races they had a tail, and one of the things about it was they had their own special language that they could do with their tails. Um, oh, okay. And their entire race knew it, and they could teach it to other people who had tails, so oh, that you could neat. do that. Yeah, there was stuff like that that was really neat, or at, or at least under teach people who didn't yes. have tails like how to understand. Yes, it. exactly. You could understand it. You could only speak it, quote unquote, if you had a tail. That's Very cool. cool. Yeah, I have um, something in that uh, dumb engineering. Uh, sort of mini book I right. made mm-hmm. about uh, in party mechanics, and I just looked it up. But um, basically, like if you're in combat with someone, mm-hmm. you don't want to shout "rush him," yeah, because then like the person knows they're getting rushed. Mm-hmm. Shouting blueberries, they don't know what the fuck that <laughs> exactly. <means. laughs> yep, and um. I recommend it. I have a whole fucking list, but I recommend every party if they're going to uh, be concerned about like needing to speak in code. Mm-hmm. Where is here? It is. I definitely recommend follow, stay. We're being followed, uh, and uh, act natural. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, uh, coming up with terms that the group understands, absolutely. Like, in general, just to mm. have that kind of element. Very cool. Um, speak big Latin. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. You'll fool some kobolds, I promise. I think it's just, I'm like, I speak chaotic evil. That just sounds stupid, doesn't it? Don't forget I mean, flat casually. All right, then they have a whole section <laughs> on changing alignment, which, again, must have been a big deal because they're recognizing that that would happen. So, um, kind of an interesting thing. Let's, let's contrast for a moment. Yes, please. Your first edition books definitely spend more time discussing and exploring and explaining alignment, without a doubt. Like, it's just on the real, on the real estate, on the paper. There's literally more like word count in <laughs> first edition <laughs> than in fifth. That's one major contrast, right? Um, the other major contrast would be like mechanically, fifth edition doesn't really have a lot of mechanics. The spells don't affect alignment as much anymore. 
um, the equipment isn't as uh, encumbered by mechanics for alignment. Whereas this stuff definitely was. I mean, just basic spells. Like, there used to be, like, detect alignment. Or you yeah, know, now that detect spells are a little more broad in their interpretation. There used to be, like, protection from evil, protection from good. That's still you know, Whereas now it's yeah. just kind of more protection. So it's a little more broad. So this definitely had more of a focus on alignment, more mechanics related to alignment, and more guidance about how to integrate alignment into the game. In other words, in the early days, they considered alignment really important. Mm. And they wanted you to use it. They wanted you to use it in the game, and they felt like it was valuable enough to, to explore. And over time, and different companies and authors and community feedback, alignment's not as important here. So where does that leave us? I don't use alignment a lot because typically what I do is I have a character concept and now with fifth edition when you make your character you have things like your ideals, your bond, your, your flaws, all those kind of things that help we also don't further use. define. Yeah, you know, right. Incorporating your background, your class, your <laughs> race that help further define your character. Do I have a problem with people using alignment? Absolutely not. No. Yeah. But do I feel a need to incorporate it? No. I think the actions of the players as they're playing their characters sort of determine that, don't they? Since he's, since he's kind of... Uh, I agree. Since he's kind of winding down, um, the only thing that so far that I would really have liked him to kind of go into more also, like, he's, he mentions it briefly every now and again of, like, the weapons, but to give an example of it would be good. Um, yeah, because I don't, I guess, there, like there, a paladin sword or something. There are, there, I remember there were some weapons that were specifically for um, specific alignments. That was a thing. I know that yeah. for a fact. But again, like, it's not like I don't know it. It's just that I think it would help with just giving that example a little bit. Yeah. But here's my, uh, here's my question. <laughs> How did, um, say you, I don't know. Say you guys are playing in a campaign where you're all devils. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I'll think about it. Hold and, on. Hold on. Yeah, and, and yeah. Okay. okay. Say you stumble upon a paladin sword. Okay, right. Why would the DM give you that? If you're all established to be so, lawful evil. This is the thing, why, right? Um, yeah. A sword of a paladin is just a sword. Yeah. No. Okay, well then, okay, let me rephrase. Please. You come across a weapon that only a good character can equip. How about so that? In that case, I would go. That's fine. Um, I'm going to take yeah. it. And I'm going to go sell it. Exactly. Right. So, um, like, I don't really understand what the issue so is unless the other... it was something that came up in a random dice roll. Well, this is the other thing. I would also go. Can I corrupt the weapon? Mm -hmm. Right. No. I, my my <laughs> no. initial actually question earlier with uh you can't use that sword it's a it's a bad sword was my my thought was yeah but can I purify it yeah exactly I'm, right I'm There's... I'm literally just thinking of the thorn quest in Destiny two mm -hmm. yeah um, there's yeah exactly it's literally like that this is the other thing of can I bless this can I corrupt it can I like can I be blessed or corrupted by it if I start using it like he said before right mm -hmm. um I feel like if you like because this is the thing i wouldn't think that you would go that's a blessed sword right 
you would yeah. you would give us context of like when you touch it it hurts or burns right or something like that um mm-hmm. you feel it emanating heat and like it's hotter than you like would want to touch um stuff like that and like i would go okay but if i use it is it still like a good sword can i use it it will if it hurts me even a little bit can i still just take that damage or whatever and or like maybe even a minus to my attack or whatever using it but can it still be like the good sword and then if i continue to use it will i then act more like a good person because of it yeah. right so like it, it i feel like that would be more interesting than you know oh it's i can't use it because it's good yeah. <laughs> right and that's what he was talking about before as well so. yeah it, it's that kind of strict no non it's like that no not wavering at all yes exactly and i think one of the reasons um aside i don't know if he actually went into it i may have missed it during my time painting my uh mm-hmm. my termagants um but i'm surprised that he didn't mention all the arguments that come up because of alignment and how that can be a very real reason as to why they've tried to dial it back. Yeah, that's fair. Um, because a lot of the times in the olden days, mm-hmm. where you have the actual mechanics where, oh, you're you're acting too, you're good, you're acting too evil, you're going to become neutral, lose a level. Right. And yeah. then... And then the whole thing spirals out of control with the guy saying, oh, no, you don't know how my character is. Yeah. He's, this is what he would do. It's like, no, you're supposed to be good. And right. it's like, no, but blah, 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 blah. And then the whole, you know, 16-year-old gamers trying to solve the 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 puzzle of the human condition. Yeah. <laughs> you know, trying to be psychiatrists. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, and that's honestly probably a really big reason as to why they uh, – tried to dial it back so i think i think i definitely would have added to it yeah yeah because that was such a like if you post hell if you ever look up like an alignment chart image on like google like star mm-hmm. wars alignment chart yep. mm-hmm. or lord of the rings alignment mm-hmm. chart or anything literally anything so i guarantee you that you will eventually find one that you're going to disagree with and disagree with hard yep 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 because yeah and and that's just because of the nature of alignment. Yep. Because when you start uh, codifying, codifying, I don't know, um, codifying people's personality with mm-hmm. two words, once you start labeling people, mm-hmm. then it becomes... Um, There's uh, room for error. Yeah. It starts becoming... Oh God, I don't even know the word. You don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, because <laughs> because... People are more people are more than two words. They're multifaceted. Absolutely. I agree. It's that it's that time. It's exact it's exactly what you said before, where people, you know, generally you're a good person, but there's times when you can get pissed. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's snapshots so, in your life. There's different things. The DM yeah. could have a sentience awaken during uh, due to the change the characters are attempting in items, because uh yeah you could i guess Ooh. that'd be interesting um yeah that'd be cool sentient, and then, like, sentient they, magic items oh. are always fucking fun um yeah no they're super fun but now like god that's a good idea like mm-hmm. bad guy picks up a good sword and then now you have this battle of wills between the two mm-hmm. yeah yeah. yeah. Oh. um and maybe the evil guy is like hey we're trying we're not doing all evil we're trying to do something try to convince the sword to work with you Fuck, yeah yeah cool. yeah it's kind of like, totally. uh, uh, it's kind of like a hex blade, except you're not immediately on the same side. <laughs> yeah, or kind of, kind of. 
Uh, those arguments have been some of my favorite intellectual conversations. You really learn about what your friends are like when you argue about alignment. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and that's something that I would say to do outside of the D. Yes. <laughs> like when you're at the table. And do it with do it with people that um that you know like you're not gonna offend. Yes, absolutely. You um, know, do it with people you trust. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because like at the table, I think it's like you're kind of just going to hamper the game down, obviously. Yeah. Like, you, you're going into philosophy. And, like, I'm all for going into that shit. But, again, I want to play the game table. right now, you know? Yeah. Um. But, yeah, absolutely. Out of, outside, of, outside of the table, those are really cool. Yeah. And if you think um, our show, D&D with High School Students, frequently um, the actions of the characters, especially in second season, are described as murder hobos. And and mm. I would say without a doubt, they perpetrated many evil actions. War crimes, probably. <laughs> oh, did they? I don't know. They did. Oh. <laughs> without a doubt. I, people could easily make an argument that they are chaotic evil, but I don't think that their overall tendencies are evil. Mm. Chaotic, yes. They absolutely <laughs> had no regard for the law. Um, so on the lawful to chaotic spectrum, they're definitely chaotic. I would think that maybe they're more chaotic neutral. They're selfish, which, you know, they're high school students. So what do you expect? <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, this rant, this exploration about alignment, um, use it, don't use it. It's up to you. Uh, but you know what? Leave some comments below. Let me know. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Bill. Mm, That's a good very video. Very good video. I like that video a lot. Yeah, yeah very good. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's uh, alignment in yeah in depth mm -hmm. sources cited. Mm -hmm. Yes, pages numbered. He mm. is definitely mm. a teacher, a and professional. Num, num, num. In yes, an academic. Mm, I love it. <laughs> For us pseudo intellectuals, mm. ah, it's so good. <laughs> uh, pseudo intellectuals. I watched Rick and Morty. <laughs> I, I am actually a man of science. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know. I'm just. <laughs> He's a man of science. You know how to use a 3D printer, and I, I watched Rick and Morty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There we go. That's the whole, the whole spectrum. <laughs> oh, there's a spectrum, all right. Mm. <laughs> Oh man! Oh no! <laughs> anyway, so um, those are the only videos that I had really prepared today for this because unfortunately, um, looking for AD&D versus Five E videos, like there are actually a few others for diff for three point five that I do want to go over at some point and three. Um, they're also boo. You'll be excited at some uh, point. We're gonna talk about. The dreaded edition. Shit! We're in, talking about the fucking Eldritch knowledge. We're in. I have those books. We're in season three, so it's time to start <laughs> pulling out some some stuff. It's time for the fucking like evil organization mm -hmm. arc. Mm -hmm. It's um, uh, because I saw out a few... of the high school arc. We're out of the onsen arc, mm -hmm. and now. Um, oh wait, what? <laughs> wait, I found a couple of videos that were talking about how. Um, 4e is better than 5e, um, which not, is, but hey, yeah, it's not, I don't think. Um, but, uh, I'm interested to see how those are. So those will be in future. 
Um, yeah, not, not I mean, I guess I could start reading those books. Oh, if you want to put yourself through that again. <laughs> I mean, I own them. It's I fine. know, I know. Um, yeah. But uh, at some point, that'll that'll be a thing. Gonna yeah. do four. He let me grab my crowbar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Down the line, it's not gonna be immediate. It's just yeah. it's gonna be at a point. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, actually, I think that would be that that'll be a good place for us today. It's gonna be a little bit of a shorter one, but I think it's a good uh good one yeah, to no, start off. That was a good on. one though. Yeah, yeah. We only had some vapidness. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> a little vapidness goes a long way. Exactly. <laughs> It went yeah. for an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, obviously, uh, go go check out those channels and support them if you feel like they have better content. Uh, mm-hmm. It's good stuff. I definitely would recommend just from the first impression of this channel for for Bill there. Um, if you mm-hmm. haven't yet, go go check him out. Um, so I I am now slightly more interested to see how he runs things for that high school group because I feel like I understand how high schoolers act. I'm interested to see how he deals with how they act, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, anything else we want to go over before we kind of ramp it up? Um, uh, I feel so. pretty good about what happened to you today. Oh, that's a first. Yeah, I think it's fine. <laughs> no, no, it's not. I know, I know. <laughs> I just, I don't really have any summary points to mention because it's, what we discussed was fairly straightforward. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, I, I feel typically the need to summarize something when like, I've said a lot and mm-hmm. most of this podcast has just been like, yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> so, <laughs> it's true. It's true. One of the few ones where you don't talk as much, man. It's crazy. Yeah. God. <laughs> Um, we're approaching season three. Oh my god yeah, right? <laughs> i mean we're in it boy we're in it <laughs> um so yeah i guess uh overall thank you for watching listening everything uh as as now we are in season three you can find us uh, on tuesdays at 9 p.m eastern standard time doing this live on our youtube channel it's crazy wow you should subscribe so you know more um <laughs> and then it's posted again on uh fridays at uh, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then again on Mondays on your uh, podcasting service of choice as the audio-only version at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, the link, uh, links in the description are all there. Uh, you can see them on your screen as well. The Twitter and then you know everything. Um, I haven't posted on the Instagram in forever, but people keep following it, so I probably should. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. Please uh, give us your support in any way you see fit. Um, and thank you again, really. Yep. Uh, it's been fun. Uh, so let's let's get out of here, boys. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye now. Bye. 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 Oh, bye. Leave. Bye. And get yeah. the, why Go. are you here? Go. Go Go- goodbye, yeah. oh. Pizza Funk. <laughs> goodbye. <Cameron>. Goodbye. <laughs> see you, Cameron. <laughs> bye now. Bye. This this is us telling you to leave the stream. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>